Welcome to Season 4 of the Talking Lead AK Corner. Proudly presented by Citri Hall. Oh. Today in Norfolk and stopped at one place in Richmond on my way up here to Fredericksburg. I did stop and see the place where Stonewall Jackson died. Huh. Oh, right on. Yeah, it's right around the corner from my hotel, which is also randomly across the street from a racetrack. I think the yep. town's Thornton or Thornton or Thornton, Thornton or some shit. Gotcha. It's literally, though, it's like the hotel, the parking lot, and then Dominion Raceway is right there. I'll be darned. Yeah, like, like I, I mean, they just built this hotel because I've never seen it before, but can y'all see that? See the flag? See the racetrack? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, now, if only there was a race, it would be perfect. Need to be right? recording this. Brian made it. Yay. I made it. Yay. Well, I'm I'm not sure what you're doing with that silk hanky on your microphone there, but it's starting to make me nervous. S- getting all sexy. <laughs> this is the, <laughs> this is the talking lead AK corner after hours, baby. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. If you start sniffing it, Brian, then you got an issue. <laughs> yeah, right. What's that shit this called? Sensory. Like, it's like whispering the microphone. What's that shit called? Sensory porn or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about there, right? Yeah, audio. I just, like, about this. It's like. Apparently, people like chicks like whisper in a microphone, and people like and listen they, to it. They scratch. Oh, their nails. oh, it's like God uh, ASM or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ASMR. That's it. That's yep. it. That's it. Audio yeah. sensual. That's what Marty does when he's not doing talking lead. He puts that little. If he's smart, hey man, yeah, I got to pay the light bill somehow. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> fans only. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Only fans. Yeah. After I'm after on the his fans prosthetic only. hip, he had to switch to audio only. He was doing a strip routine on a pole before, but that, <laughs> them days are over. I, I had to close hey, my only back. page. It turned out it was costing me money. <laughs> <laughs> you see, uh, I just said that you know you're everyone's going to get it for five dollars, but uh, it's twenty dollars to not see it. There it is. <laughs> there you go. Nicely <laughs> done. Cool. Like Nick, that. you've got the perfect voiceover for this stuff. You realize that, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I've he's been got, told that before. He's got the 1970s porn voice. Well, he's <laughs> got the stash going for radio, too. as they say. Right. Yep, it's a well, it's a face for radio and a voice for sign language. There you <laughs> go, <laughs> guys. I think this is our teams tonight. I don't, I don't think anybody else is going to show up. Well, team AK, right? So we're screwed. So Brian and and Andrew are team AK. Nick. And uh, Ken, our team AR. Man, chumps. And of course, I, I don't see any jumping teams with Brian or Andrew. I think Ken will probably jump teams maybe a little bit from time to time. So, Nick? I have to. <laughs> you know, that's fine. I can I can stand strong on this hill. You can hold it all your big shoulders. I'll back you up. It's all good. You we won't we won't hit any dirty shots. How about that? We'll keep it clean. All right, right above on. the belt. How about that? Speak, speak for yourself, Andrew. I go dirty <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is my one chance a year to let the dog out of the cage. Yeah. <laughs> Release the oh, no. This is this is one of my favorite things we do every year now because it's <laughs> well, we're this is the second year. This is round two. So for our listeners, welcome into the Talking Lead AK Corner. Uh, this is the AK versus AR round two. We did our first one last year. We had uh, Nick Dooley, as you see there, hosted the AR-15 podcast. 
uh, as captain of Team AR. And this was all your idea, too. You wanted to, to do this and get this together. So uh, I put it oh, together yeah. and we're doing it. So uh, I think I think AK won last year. That's the consensus that I got from the listeners, uh, that Team AK won last year. So you wanted a rematch. So we've, we've put together <laughs> round two here. And um, due to scheduling, we've only got two, two, mem- two team members per team. I think we had three or four. Last year, didn't we, per team? I think we did, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and then there may be people join us later. Who knows if people will jump on or not. But uh, Where's Jay at? He's usually good for something like this. <laughs> Jay's got him a new, some new digs, so uh, you know he's busy impressing his new bosses. So we'll get right. Jay on uh, in a later episode. I'll, I'll text him, tell him, tell him to jump in. Tell him to jump on. Send him that link. I will. Send him that link. Uh, All right. And then for captain of Team AK, we've got Brian Keeney returning. Brian, Happy to be here as always. Welcome to Fence Solutions up there in Idaho. Uh, I was having some computer issues. I guess you got your IBM fixed and everything's going okay now. You know, I fed the hamsters a few extra grains and <laughs> things are good. The mule deer. <laughs> there it is. Put those mule deer to work out there. Um, so you two were captains last year. Talk, talk about who was on your team, Nick. You had Garth, which may jump on, right? He may jump on. Yep. Here. Garth, uh, might jump on. He might not. He had to go do some, uh, fire training for the fire department and wasn't sure how long that was going to last tonight, but we had him and, uh, allegedly we had Curtis from VSO, <laughs> allegedly. but, uh, he was, he was a team jumper. He, he uh, was just definitely been a team jumper. Yeah. He was definitely a free agent. And, uh, that was the bulk of our team last year. We had, uh, the three of us and then, uh, Oh, I can't remember his name from IWI. You had Jeremy Gresham from IWI. Yeah. And Jeremy was going to join us, but, uh, he had a visitor from some people from Israel, uh, this week and they're, he's entertaining them. So that's more important. Being a sponsor of the show, I want him to keep that, you know, keep them happy. Exactly. (laughs) Good peeps. So that was that was a good team. He had some good arguments. Um, I threw a few things in here and there. Um, but then Brian, Team AK, who did you have on Team AK? I, I think I'm going to sound even less eloquent than our president here. I don't remember. So team, I don't remember being captain either. Jay, so I know maybe we've, it was Jay. Okay. Jay, and I know no, we James, had Andrew. James. Andrew held it down. James Balzac, right? He was on Team uh, AK. And yep. Andrew. Yep. And yeah, James is solid. Was Jay on that episode? I don't think Jay was on that episode. I think it was three on three, if I remember right. We had Nick and his beautiful life partner, Garth, yeah. and Curtis. They were and then it was screen. the three of us. Yeah. And, the, and the three Sorry, of Nick. I'm apparently not a beautiful life partner for you. <laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, it, it, we'll, we'll make do. I think, <laughs> I think Nick wore that same shirt he's got on right now. Is that you your know, lucky my, shirt? Well, my wardrobe's kind of limited down here, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's at an undisclosed well, location on the border. Yeah. It's always a good day for a Hawaiian shirt. It, absolutely. It, it, Never it really is. <laughs> absolutely. We're, we were trying to find a a Hawaiian pattern jumpsuit, if anybody oh, makes I, one of those. If in the chat, there is a uh, is there a, link? a floral tracksuit. Let me let me 
Oh, let me share the screen here. <laughs> oh, everybody's <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Marty, I swear to God, if I ever come to pick you up or meet you somewhere <laughs> and you're wearing that, I'm just going to keep on driving. So here it is. I'm just waiting for him to show up in the Century booth with it. Oh, oh. feel free. I mean, you can show up in the booth all you want. I'll just make fun of you. Do you see that? <laughs> Victorious. Well, now that has got some flavor. Okay, I'm not mad about that. Oh, here we go. Now yeah. that's cool. I'm, I'm into Do the that. tigers. I dig it. I'm, I'm very down with that. It's more of an, an Asian, that's cool. an Asian floral, not Hawaiian. That's so right. we need a Hawaiian pattern. So I think somebody would make their millions if they would come out with that. Oh, I'm sure somebody has it. That's pimping, though. That is pretty cool. That would definitely. You know, it would look perfect with that. What? Freaking Draco. <laughs> Draco, yeah. <laughs> with the chain. Draco's go well with everything, Amateur. <laughs> I, I know, but that right there, I feel like it just would make it just that it, much better. It screams no. it. It really does. Does it have to be gold-plated, though? No, nope, oh, please, but, no. But all the better. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tiger floral tracksuit. I love it. I love it. So for our listeners. I want off this island. Can I get voted off? Is that part of it? <laughs> <laughs> Screen shares. I'll bring the boat by. Don't worry, Ben. <laughs> All right. So we've already got off the rails with this show, which is perfect. I love it. If you uh, listeners hadn't had an opportunity, make sure you go back to our last episode. We had the owner and CEO of Henry Repeating Arms on, Anthony Imperato. And it was a great show. Anthony uh, is a funny guy and a lot of information and we probably talked everything but Henry Rifles on that episode. We talked about cooking. We talked about racing. Henry's got a uh, – they sponsor a NASCAR. It's called the Henry 180 Series, and uh, they've got uh, some NASCARs that they race. They've got some dirt track cars. So he's heavily into racing. I think his son is a is into that. So it kind of explains why he's heavily into that. And then all the charitable uh, organizations that they support um, – Nonprofit organizations like children's hospitals, uh, military law enforcement organizations. They've got a wide variety, wide berth of organizations that they support. They don't just send it all to one. And their goal is to um, donate a million dollars this year. This is their 25th anniversary. Uh, and it's not their goal. They're going to do it. It's just, he's committed to doing it. He's already... Uh, what's what was that word Amber Heard always used? He he's pledged it, <laughs> so, but you can guarantee they're going to get their money uh, from from yeah. Henry. So go back, check that episode out, and then uh, you guys will appreciate this. The episode prior to that, we had Sheriff David Clark on the show, so that was a real treat having him on, and he's Heck, a yeah another great guy. And we uh, we didn't talk a lot of politics with him, which I thought we would get into, but it was more about him and. Uh, you know, his background and uh, his history, and it was a really good, uh, informative show. So uh, you guys go check those last two episodes out. Kind of kind of celebrating the 4th of July with those two episodes with two great Americans. So I've got four great Americans joining me today for our AK versus AR round two, duking it out. Kalashnikov versus Stoner, baby. Boom, boom, boom. What are you calling a Stoner. 
to my right on my screen as we're listening to this, we've got the captain of Team AR, Nick Dooley. Nick, welcome back. Thanks for having us here. Uh, glad to be here again. And like I said earlier, uh, this is one of my favorite things to do every year. Well, we're going to make it an annual thing, I do believe. I think it's going to be fun. We'll get some shirts and all kinds of things made up for this uh, next time. You are with the AR-15 podcast on the Firearms Radio Network. That is correct. I am one of the hosts of the, the AR-15 podcast, and uh, we talk about America's favorite rifle, the AR-15. All things that go in with it, the importance of training, and uh, you know other stuff ancillary to things that might be important to people interested in the AR. There you go. Very good. So you guys can go check him out over on the Firearms Radio Network, which we're on there also. So. And Yay. then your teammate, Ken Allen, with Ken Allen Trailing, who is no stranger to the Talking Lead podcast now. He's become a regular and a welcome regular. So, Ken, welcome in. Thank you, Marty, and thank you, everybody. I appreciate being invited on board. It's going to be a good time tonight. We appreciate you being a good sport on being on Team AR. We know that you're a heavy AK <laughs> user. Um, I am. And you've got an event coming up later this year uh, that's not – I guess you allow ARs there too, but it's it's an AK-centric uh, type event. Talk, talk about it real quick. Yeah, so it's titled Kalashtober. Um, we have the distinct – honor of actually being the oldest continuous original annual AK event in the country. Um, we are on the seventh year and uh, we might be the smaller boutique style event, but we, but we have been the original out there. Um, and as you just mentioned, Marty, we welcome all defensive carbines. So it's not just for AKs. We are AK centric. The whole premise is to be able to expose folks to AKs and Galils and others of those type. Um, but we fully support the AR platforms, the SCARs, the Brens, the HKs, whatever you want to bring out that's a defensive type carbine, and we'll compare them and, and look at the differences and balances there within. One of the mainstays that I do in my programming is something that I call cross-training, and that is taking someone that has uh, plateaued. Typically, it's usually in an AR platform because that's what most guys are running or ladies or, or people in general. Um, and they've reached a certain plateau or point in which they are not exceeding their efficiencies any longer. So by cross-training, meaning they actually get onto a different platform, and it's usually a AK that we suggest, we change the complete method of operation. And so your brain is re-engaged. So if you stay on that platform for a couple months and do not deviate, um, it's going to be clunky for you. But that's the whole idea is to get your brain re-engaged in what you're doing. And then switch back after a few months onto your AR platform. It will feel a little hokey for the first few weeks, but after that, you'll find that your times splits, um, every other efficiency will start to actually get in excess of where you had left off. And it's all because you've re-engaged your brain and you're actually starting to actually learn again. So um, we fully support bringing on those ARs and uh, come on out, folks, join us. We'll be in Southern New Hampshire. Um, the 24th and 25th of September this year, we have the first of the triads of AK events, um, followed by Clash Bash in Texas, and then Red October um, in Las Vegas. Vegas, baby. Viva. Yes, sir. And then go to your website, KenAllenTraining.com. Yeah, that's actually KenAllenTraining.us. I know. Because we are yeah. US, baby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Put that on. You got to wear that for the show. I like that. Well, you know. We've uh, we've had some folks say, you know, we don't want to come out to no commie event, and uh, <laughs> we couldn't be anything further from that. So, 
Um, we are 110% all American, um, even though we're running some foreign weapon systems. That um, That's all about knowing what, what's good and what isn't and, and learning about all, all the differences in between. Very cool. So go to his website, well, check that out. Were you going to say something, Nick? I was. I was going to say, isn't it like the very definition of capitalism to take something made by communists and then make money off of it? <laughs> and make it better. Better. That's Brian. Make it better. And then communism is to take something that's made in America and uh, steal it and make it over there. Yeah, we got we got people like Brian Keeney out there just destroying what the commies did with that platform. Yes, the quality is so Absolutely. so far past anything they did. I, I do enjoy the cultural appropriation of the AK. It's like Absolutely. the only good thing that ever came out of communism, and. Uh, the fact the American, not just mine, there's a bunch of American companies, the rate at which we've collectively innovated past Russia, like I don't want to put any of my AK fellow AK lovers in a state of butthurt, but the AK-12 is a piece of hot garbage, like that that's the best they could come up with. And then they didn't have the money to put optics on it. Like you guys are worthless. So yeah, America. <laughs> well, I mean, I like what that. was its competition though? The Lada? <laughs> no this is true this is true yeah so yeah. team ak in Captain most Brian cases King. v6 beats everything else but in the case of the lotta i think i'd rather have the ak so i'm 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 with you welcome back to brian keeney to team ak captain joining us uh for another you've been like the last two or three episodes of the ak corner have i got you back as my co-host or let's hope man it this this world is a difficult one, so we're we're still here, and we're we're uh, we keep pivoting to uh, to combat whatever our our favorite government um, uh, throws our way. Your new and uh, we're still here. We're we're growing again. We we took a pretty big hit at the bottom of COVID, but um, uh, you know we're we're on our way back up, and um, I'm happy to say that I don't think quality ever ever suffered during that, and that's our our number one commitment. And, uh, so yeah, good times over here. It's we're having, everybody's having to harden up, whether you're a bricklayer or you deliver pizzas. So yeah. we're just doing, doing the same thing and, and figuring out how to, uh, how to make a living in, in this economy. Very good. And joining you for, uh, the team AK, we've got our good buddy, Andrew Brenneman with the presenting sponsor century arms. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. This show made possible by <laughs> Century Arms this nice. year. Uh, got his Draco <laughs> shirt on. Love Puff it. it up, Andrew. Puff it up. <laughs> Woo-hoo! There it is. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> got to go the opposite on this camera. Hey, man. Chopper's going to chop. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So it's going to be. really you do like that going to be yeah. a good show this episode i'm looking forward to to doing this uh but i've got a i've got a reveal before we get started uh i've got uh, my two little banners here that i typically have in my background i've had a project i've been working on. i was going to wait until i had them on the show but i want to go ahead and 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 release it so stand by andrew's seen oh. it i think dun, dun, dun. So in honor of our AK versus AR episode. Oh, wow, look at that wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Did you get you a little tactical wall? 
So nice for, those, no, for that's those listening the... and not watching at home, Marty has a matching pair of stripper poles, <laughs> the left and right side of screen. It's yes, all for my hip therapy. <laughs> and he just snatched his pants off in a way I've never seen. It was lightning fast. Doctor's orders. I had to get the stripper poles. <laughs> the last time I saw something like that, I was in Southeast Asia. <laughs> Wearing that shirt, I hope. <laughs> Definitely. Of course. What other shirt would you wear in Southeast Asia? So for our Did listeners... they let you keep the ping pong balls? <laughs> no, but I also found out Did an interesting in version of a birdcage. <laughs> oh, oh, the truth. They only let you keep the ones you catch in your mouth. Oh. <laughs> That's going to leave a bitter taste, sir. I'm this sure. Is, this is going the wrong direction. So the, <laughs> the reveal for you listeners that aren't watching the video, uh, you heard me talk about this earlier uh with lockdown secure brian steer was on a couple of episodes ago we were doing a reloading episode with him and pete pie and uh they were in the process of send, sending me these walls that they're making uh so they've got uh some nice walls that you can display your firearms and gear kit uh, accessories they, they don't have everything released yet but it's coming we're going to have brian on the show we're going to talk about it uh but i've got a ar side and I've got an AK side, as you can see there. So, AK versus AR. Um, very cool. We're going to have Brian, like I said, we're going to talk about these. We'll uh, probably get some kind of discount code or something set up. Um, but I wanted to go ahead. I couldn't wait. Uh, I wanted to show my wall. My wall so, we can't greatness. see the detail from here, but I'm pretty curious. It looks like a form of pegboard, but it looks awesome. It's like this silver metal, and then there's a grid of holes. Are there fasteners that go into that like little rack items for different so kind of it, stuff it is pegboard style so any kind of pegboard accessory will work on there uh, nice. they they are making their own accessories they don't have those ready yet so i went to lowe's and i got some vinyl covered uh pegs so mm -hmm. i didn't want to scratch any of my guns so i got it's like for drills uh, drill guns yeah, sure um you can find those and those work great for guns and you just, I've got one there on each end of the gun, the butt stock and the barrel, uh, and it holds them nicely. Sure so, do. But any, that does look nice. Any pegboard. Uh, it's not the slats, it's the pegs. Um, I found that they have more accessories for slat boards than they do pegboards for the vinyl covered stuff. So <laughs> that was disappointing. But hopefully, and I've got some baskets right there too. If you see my baskets. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that it's cross-compatible at all is super cool um, yeah. because you can kind of mix and match and those in the way are, you are. Those are four panels, four square panels that I've got that I oh. put together there. So it's modular. You can scale it to different sizes. And they've got, you can see behind my lever action guns there, I've got a little even smaller panel that they make. Uh, I haven't, oh, yeah. haven't put those up yet. So it's still a work in progress. Um, I wanted to get something thrown up for this episode, so I just kind of haphazardly threw something up there. Uh, but yeah, very cool. The lead quarters is going next level. Next level, that's right, baby. I'm trying to get organized. Uh, this place is a mess. You've been here, you've seen it. <laughs> so, so Marty, did I did I hear you say something to the tune of you didn't want to scratch your guns? I didn't want to scratch my guns hanging them up, yeah. There's, they've got enough Brian, scratches you, you on You want to jump anyway. on that real quick? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, 
I'm I'm living in a state of horror from a few different things you guys have discussed so far. But yeah, one of the one of the things that I've thought of doing with our guns is a dirt baptism, and nice. that every gun by default just I throw it in the dirt for you um, to keep people <laughs> who have safe queens from buying my product because I want my stuff used and scratched and not abused, but guns belong in the dirt. In a big way, in my opinion. Unless they're hanging on your wall in your house, then you don't want dirt all over your shit. But here's the thing. It's weird because Andrew will tell you this because he's been out shooting with me. I don't give a shit about it. I throw my guns around. They'll be in the dirt. They'll be over here. I'll slide them. Um, But when when I get home, for some reason, you know, I want to baby them. (laughs) It's it's a weird mentality. I understand not abusing your equipment. That's all right. Yeah. Get it. Yeah, and I and I think you know that's the reason why I wanted to go with the vinyl. Uh, anyway, it's a weird mentality. I can, I can also say I'm fairly positive that Marty can break any gun in the world almost <laughs> by looking at it. Yeah, I have this knack right. of, of being able to, if it's indestructible, <laughs> I can destruct it. Yeah, I'm just gonna plead the fifth on that shit. I don't even want to get into it because you know <laughs> that I've I've been over there. I fixed. <laughs> Hey, that rifle right there, remember that one? I don't even want to think about that one. That was the Palmetto State Armory one. That I, had, I think I had it two days. When you were with KUSA, I got one of their first. This was like years ago when they the, you know, they were making AKs. It never happened. I had one, uh, and I broke something in it. And I don't know. I broke a Glock. I broke uh, I break knives, too. I'm very good at breaking knives, too. But anyway, that's not our show. Our show is, let's get started. Let's talk about um, the AK versus the AR. Let's get into our competition. And there, there's there's prizes at stake here for you guys. So the winning team is going to get from our sponsors, Mission First Tactical, a custom dump tray. Get all my shit off of it. Uh, with whatever you want on it. You don't have to get the AK Corner logo. Um that's team. really good. I was afraid you were going to say the winning team would get one of the opposing team's guns, and that's not something I want <laughs> in my life. So this is something I actually want. Well, the, the losing oh. team gets one of the but Brian, I run your guns. guns. <laughs> You're already dead to me. I don't even know your name. <laughs> and then we've got some listener participation things that we're going to uh, read also on Instagram. I didn't really do like a question answer. I just did... Pick your team. You know why? Why do you like the AR? Why do you like the AK? Uh, and we'll go through there, and we'll do our listener giveaways uh, from that. Uh, Andrew, yeah. And our listeners are also saying, you know, what the hell? This is supposed to be the BFT forty seven giveaway episode. Yeah, what the hell, Marty? Well, not the <laughs> hell. Not what away. the hell, Marty. What the hell, listeners? Because uh, there yeah. wasn't what the hell? enough. Your listeners need to get with it and send some pictures in. That's right. There wasn't enough participation. So uh, I've extended it till next month. So you have more time to enter the BFT 47 Century Arms Talking Lead BFT 47 giveaway where we're actually giving away an AK from Century Arms. Yep. And to do that, we want you to post something on social media, on Instagram. I'll even open it up to Facebook now if this helps some of you lazy asses. But you, you take a picture of yourself... And it could be a video, it could be a picture, and you don't have to be in the picture, but 
a sentry arms firearm has to be in the picture somewhere. That's that's the whole point of this. And, uh, you know, a lot of people's complaint that I've been getting from people, Andrew, is that I don't have a sentry arms rifle or yep. pistol. Yep. Or, yeah. So I'm opening up to, if you've got a friend. Take a picture with a sentry AK. Boom, you're there. You're qualified. Yeah. Go into a gun store. Um, I think, was it Academy carries them? Any... You know any of the box? Stores? All the big, every big box store carries Canik and and Century product. Yeah, uh, your local gun dealer. You can go in there, and it doesn't have to be an AK. It could be it could be a Canik pistol. It could be five. It could be, you know, whatever. AP. Some of our shotguns. Yeah. It could be a Mosin that Century imported. Yeah, anything they've imported over the years. Saying, you know, so this is not a high bar. This is uh, pretty easy. I, I I rarely run into gun people that have that have, you know, ten or more guns that don't have at least like one century. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and to sweeten Walter the pot, Draco, man, they're good guns. Boom. To sweeten the pot, Andrew last uh, AK corner announced that every participant will get something from Century Arms: a shirt, a hat, patch, maybe some palm max. Everybody's going to get something. But the winner is going to get the BFT-47, and we're going to have a panel of judges, and they're going to judge your submission. I'm not a judge. I'm out of it. I'm keeping me out of it. I'm staying neutral. I've seen some that I like from the ones that have posted it, and thank you for the, the listeners who have posted. I think we've got maybe 10 or so uh, so far. But, you know, we need, that, we need to get that up to like 30, 40, 50 entries. I want to see that. It's so easy to do, and they've been so generous, Century, with putting this up and then also offering everybody something. Everybody's going to get something. All participants will get something. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, so I want to see those pics, those videos. And the hashtag TLBFT47, guess what? Instagram has banned it. <laughs> How did they ban it already? I have no idea. I... Pull it up. Who's got a phone? You can pull it up right now. Ken pulled it up earlier today, and he yeah, could not dead. see. He could not well, I, see the I, uh, post. I'm sorry. I don't know how to do that. So just uh, so, just, just search the hashtag, and it'll it'll come up with nothing. BFT47, right? Yeah. Yeah. TLBFT47. See all results. Yeah. Um. Whoa! They they uh, they have banned they they banned it. You can't you got see that. Shadow banned, Marty. No, I am being heavily shadow banned right now. It's ridiculous, uh, and I think maybe that might be an issue. Also, why uh, maybe some of you have posted it. If you've made a post and I haven't reshared it on my Instagram, then that means I haven't seen it. Right. So you have to make sure that you tag Talking Lead, you tag Century Arms. Uh, you tag all of our sponsors. Uh, that way I can see it because the people who have tagged me, it's at Talking Lead, I have seen those. So you got to make sure that you're doing it that way also. So I don't know any other way to get around this shadow banning, um, but you guys, you listeners have to help us out. I know that everyone on this podcast right now is experiencing that. So yep. you have to go and you have to like our post. You have to reshare our post. Um, that's the only way to really, for us to, to grow and expand and, and reach out to you. 
They've also, I found this out, Ken and I were talking about this earlier today, they have auto-shut off people who have in the past requested to see posts from you. I've had several people email me this too and text me that, hey, I went to check this and they had turned it off. They they didn't do it themselves. Instagram or Meta, whoever it is, has gone in, and they've turned it off that they don't want to, to them to see my post. So yeah, they've hit- done that, and they've also done unfollowing. So I I've seen on my own oh my, my own page, which is a business page, um, there's been unfollows or 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 other businesses that I would follow that are no longer followed that I did not unfollow. So it's like, wow. what's going on here? Yeah. So they got that AI working overtime. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. So we have to be very, very diligent. Uh, go check your accounts, check those settings, re-check that box to get posts from Occam, from Century, from Talking Lead, from the AR-15 Podcast, from Ken Allen Training, uh, Seal One, all of our sponsors. If you've noticed that maybe our posts have been slacking off, that's probably why. Um, yeah. Because you've been auto shut off from us so go go and fix that fix yourself as uh, paul markle says all right so that's enough of the preaching i want to see more entries i've given you more time let's get her done and anybody can enter i mean brian you can enter you're not an employee of century arms you're not giving away anything in this contest nick you can enter uh ken you can enter Oh, it's on then. You're all eligible. Everybody's eligible as long as you don't work for Talking Lead or Century Arms. And I will say no wangs, please. No wangs. <laughs> I've yeah. said this before, but I'm going to say it again. No wangs. No wangs. No wangs. <laughs> um, and be safe also. Don't do something irresponsible with your post either. Be very responsible with your post, but have fun with them. And uh, I'll leave it at that. So let's get into this. The AK, Brian, give us a little, a little uh, touch of the history of the AK forty-seven. What makes it so special? And Drew, I chime think the, in. the the thing that it makes it most special is it is that it has a cartridge which was specifically designed for combat. Um, the AR unfortunately uses a prairie dog round. And uh, that was not designed for combat. It was literally designed for prairie dogs. And it's amazing for prairie dogs. Um, but but I, I, I digress. Um, so that's amazing thing. Number one is a really nice 30 cal round with a tapered case that both uh, chambers and extracts very nicely. Um, it also had a uh, one of the big driving factors was bill of materials cost when they were developing the AK and it is, uh, you know, much as I love it, it is a peasant's rifle. It costs about $5 to make one in, if you have slave labor and, um, they really wrung a lot of the cost of that out. And, um, let's see. So they were looking for something to compete against the Sturmgewehr and some other stuff. Uh, and, uh, also be shot by conscript. So it had to be really easy to use. Um, it also had to survive in negative 40 or negative 50, uh, degree conditions. 
And so it was optimized for that. The the controls, um, if you, you know, under the effects of adrenaline, um, there's this line that fingers turn to flippers. Um, the controls on the AK are are really good for that when you, you, you only have a, you've got the bang switch, the charging handle and the safety, and that's it. Um, it's, it's a highly ergonomic rifle, despite what a lot of people think about it. Um, uh, what's his name? Shoot. Um, Jeff Kirkham has some really great, uh, things to say about that. It, it fits a wide range of body types. Ooh, I, uh, it him. Is, I forgot about Jeff Kirkham. We should have got him on here. We should have. Um, it would have been the the weight is really good despite not having any um aircraft aluminium in it it's seven pounds in most configurations which is about the same as a uh an m16 um i think those are kind of the high notes that yes it came along you know a team led by mikhail kalashnikov uh designed the the gun it went through several iterations um i have actually I don't know if I can show them on screen, but I've got the the Kami prints from back in the day, and um, it's a very well designed gun. Like the the drafting on it is just gorgeous, and the it's a work of art. Yeah, and they do a kind of a there's a a, a kind of tolerancing that guarantees um, in modern engineering. It's called global dimensioning and tolerancing, or GD and T. It guarantees uh, through a sort of discipline. Um, that when you smush parts together, they'll all fit and the thing will work way before anybody in the Western world had come up with that. The commies wrung almost all of the possible, they're called tolerance collisions out of that design without the benefit of a computer of any sort or any, you know, any sort of real technology yeah. as we think of it today. And this so was back a, in 1947. Yeah, and the the AKM was something like fifty four or fifty six. That's kind of the one that we all know and love as the AK today. Yeah, uh, yeah the one hundred three improved on some stuff. Totally, the seventy four improved on some stuff. Totally, but in terms of like the architecture and the operating system, forty seven to fifty four is where you could really say the thing got ironed out and and became a really good design. Very good, Andrew. Anything to add to that? Um, no, I mean, I think that that's definitely the high points um, of the of of the AK. I would say also uh, the capacity, the fact that the the original and standard AK capacity or the one we know is being thirty rounds as opposed to uh, some other places, um, some other guns which didn't originally have thirty rounds. Indeed, didn't originally have thirty rounds. <laughs> oh, another one. The AK was designed for field serviceability, including the magazines, which other less um less prepared governments thought of magazines as being disposable and so they engineered them to be disposable which in my mind is really dumb uh so anyway having a rugged mag that'll stay around for a long while that can actually be dropped onto concrete and not just okay. dissolve into a, a myriad of little aluminum chips that's a big deal okay you're, you're jumping ahead but that's good all right <laughs> that's your time on that the history so, Nick, Ken, um, oh, I've got all stuff for this. I, I promise I I won't just do retorts to what we talked about. So, uh, <laughs> okay. yeah. Strangely enough, the uh, the AR came about. Uh, actually, it was first fielded, you know, for the Armlight rifles in 1956 as part of the trials, 
and there were a handful of other cartridges that were in the running at the time, but uh, the 5.56 was ultimately what was selected for that. It was uh, actually did a lot of the same things that the AK line did. It just did them first and better because when uh, when they switched from their 30 caliber cartridge down to you know the the 22 caliber or 20 in the case of the AK, we just stuck with it for 50 years. Instead of doing this back and forth, we can't decide if we want to run a 5.45 or a 7.62, and uh, you know we just stuck with something and figured it out <laughs> and perfected it. And uh, when it was designed, the initial design of it was uh, was actually very good, and the original white papers for it and how to use it and what ammunition to use were far different than what uh, a certain government put out and said they were going to do because the initial issues that came out that were spoken about after its initial fielding in Vietnam came out from poor powder, and they went, oh, we have this a bunch of this powder left over from World War II. We're just going to keep using it, not the stuff you recommended. And then they also said that it was a self-cleaning rifle because people didn't read the manual. <laughs> but uh, when you get into what it is, it used a lot of innovative products. It was polymer and aluminum, which going forward now is what is the most common and uh, rigid things we have. And uh, the handy thing about them was, you know, they were originally sent out with uh, 20 round magazines that were supposed to be thrown away. They were a plastic non-reusable mag. And they quickly decided that was a bad idea. And now I think they've perfected the magazine because I can say that I can take any AR and put an AR, any AR mag in it and it'll run. But if I grab like a Tabuk and then a, a Wasser 10, all of the mags will not work interchangeably between them. I will say with this AR, this is a tr that it likes certain mags. Like a mag, a, um, anything other than their magazines is tough to get in and out. This is like a hex mag. Of course, you get that same same issue with some AKs too. Not like well, is isn't the outfit that hired Lonhorn? <laughs> there you go. You had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> well, yeah, I did because you brought you you brought a tree on camera, well, so I get to bring for it that up. for that exact reason. Why I wanted to say that because I knew somebody was going to go about the mags. Like this one doesn't like certain mags, and it's it's ridiculous. Um, but other it's than that, it's a good rifle. It's definitely not as prolific as uh, as AK mags, but yes, there are plenty of ARs that don't like other AR mags. Yeah, yeah. So that's I can kind say of a, I can say hex mag. Yeah, I that's can kind say, of a nullifying uh, a, argument on both sides. So that was, yeah, there's definitely <laughs> an argument there on both sides. Yeah. So what I've not heard anybody say are the names of the inventors as you were getting into the history. I want to hear. I want to hear some some of these names. Brian Sawyer. Crap talk on that too, man. Every, they, everyone, everyone credits uh, Eugene Stoner with developing the AR. The AR just him, and he he did uh, he did develop the operating system for the AR10 and 308. But it was actually a man named Sullivan who uh, shrunk it down and made the AR15. 
And later in life, Mr. Sullivan went on to work for Ruger and created the Mini 14. Ah. Because he had already figured out how to shrink that down. Which is a piston gun, by the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Mighty fine gun. Have several of them. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about, since you brought that up, Ken, the the operating systems, the differentiating operating systems of the AR versus the AK. Uh, and right another up. point well, I wanted to make, and again, I'm not, I'm not Team AR or AK, uh, no. but it sounded to me Mark like during a show called the AK Corner. You're obviously <laughs> shut up, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, you he called me out. Where's the mute? Just ridiculous. <laughs> so hearing <laughs> Dooley's history, it sounds to me like you know you've got to be educated and able to read to be able to use an, an AR, whereas with an AK. Important. You just put it in the hands of any just bumbling idiot, and they'll be able to just by natural instinct use it, know how to use it. Precisely. Precisely. Well, yeah, I mean, it's worked for child soldiers and starving conscripts across the globe, yep. you know. But actual formal, former, or formal militaries use the AR. And what would be the benefit <laughs> of, of that? If if your firearm fired of uh, landed in the hands of the enemy, then they they wouldn't be able to use it, right? Oh, well, I don't know. I think it's pretty easy to figure out how to run an AR too. But uh, I, I'm more following the Clint Smith school of weapon craft, where you should be able to run any rifle. Right on. Yes, I agree with that. Yes, sir. All right. So back to the operating system. Talk about right. talk about the uh, the AR. We'll so I have to break in here. There's a meme with Bart Simpson where everybody says, say the word, say the word. And lately it's been, he was known to the FBI prior to the shooting. <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing to you right now, Ken. Say the words. You know say what I mean? Words. Say the words. <laughs> what is the AR? Where does it shit? It oh. shits directly into the place you don't want it to, right? Where it so eats. It's in its own mouth. It's it shits so. in its own mouth. It does. It does. So by so, that, uh, all right, but, but let's talk explain. about that for a second. Yep. Right? So um, what Brian's referring to is the direct impingement system, the DI system. Um, the, the very basis of how that works, we've got a projectile that's running down a barrel. Behind it is running a tremendous amount of pressure and carbonization. And that pressure and carbonization will find its way to a hole in the barrel. It'll find its way up to a port, and it'll work its way back through a very narrow tube. That very narrow tube is going to fart onto the bolt carrier and that bolt carrier is going to push back and it's going to reset the um the trigger system and this here all that good stuff and it's going to bounce off of a buffer which has a spring behind it and basic kinetic energy is going to drive that back forward again it's going to strip off the next round and rechamber it. it's going to be ready to fire again but that process of taking the gas coming back up through that tube and pushing it against that bolt carriage is leaving carbonization into the bolt, the bolt carriage, the upper receiver, the lower receiver. So that in itself is the issue that people talk about. Now, the, the counter to that is to keep it lubricated, but we'll talk about that later. The, the opposite to that, when we talk about a piston system, which is what a AK is, a piston is actually when you have the bolt carriage in attachment to the piston. So they are one unit traveling together. So people often will um, not necessarily recognize the difference, especially when they're looking at AR-type series that are actually piston push rods. 
So a piston pushrod system is different than a piston. The, the primary weapon systems rifles are a true piston in the sense that the bolt carriage and the piston are attached and travel as one unit when gas is pushing upon it. Um, a piston pushrod system has the similar system where you have the gas port coming up, but you have a very short piston that's working off of a spring and a rod behind it. So that spring gets an impact off the piston, drives back that uh, rod. The rod impacts the bolt carriage. The bolt carriage then travels back, impacts the buffer, impacts the spring. Spring drives back forward, reloads, and back in the chamber. So it's a multi-tiered system that has kind of a thud-thud feeling, and those that shoot a direct impingement system will feel a very soft feeling to the to the rifle firing whereas when they shoot a piston pushrod system they will literally feel a thud thud as that goes through until they get used to it um, the piston rifle itself is also very smooth however the harmonics in the system especially those that are accustomed to shooting a real round which is 76239 um see i'm jumping i'm jumping ship already on your mind uh, <laughs> i was gonna say you know if you're shooting a 30 caliber round you you're know making brian's you argument for me yeah, it's, it's got a little bit more felt recoil. However, if you are a real shooter, that's that's inconsequential. Um, the 5.56, 5 5.45, whichever way you want to go in that, is a very soft shooting cartridge. It does not have much felt recoil. So those of you that need to actually reduce the recoil of 5.6 or 5.45, wow, come on, get some training, learn to shoot. You really don't need that. Um, and that's the, that's the basis of it. But yeah. Big differences between the two. One is attached and it travels attached. The other is gas. It's literally pushing it back. Nice thing about the DI system has very few moving parts, right? It's stationary um, and it's very difficult to break those parts. However, it does require more maintenance than you'd require on either of those other two systems. Very good. Nick, before we jump over to team AK, what, do you have anything to add? Um, no, I was just going to say when, uh, when Ken was talking about the, uh, the piston systems more commonly they are referred to as a long stroke and a short stroke piston that. mm -hmm. and uh that's uh you know, it's the piston is the same thing uh that's been around for forever since the days of the m1 garand because you know that had an op rod with a short stroke piston that would push everything back much the same as an m14 or a mini 14 now, we're not going to talk about the black hole in U.S. history that is the M14 right now, but what we will do is talk about good rifles and go back to the AR. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when, uh, when you go, get Nick, in, go, 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 <laughs> <laughs> when you get into that, the, uh, the system of running the gas back to go you know, to the bolt and pushing that, the, the easiest way to do it is well, there are fewer moving parts. What it's actually doing is using the bolt carrier as the piston for the rifle that, you know, so it is still technically a piston gun in the eyes of some people because the gas moves through and then it hits that as the piston where the spring pressure moves the bolt forward and strips everything off, which is why it gets the reputation of shitting where it eats. <laughs> but, uh, with that, there are a handful of things that were originally put into the design as part of a contract that did not have to be there. And, uh, the, one of the, one of them would be the, uh, jam enhancement device, also known as the forward assist. And well, I have 20 years of, uh, experience running this rifle. 
I can count the number of times it's actually worked on one hand. <laughs> and uh, other than that, it just messes things up more. But that's where the good idea fairy came up and said that that needed to be there. Much like a grip safe on a 1911, the same good idea fairy said that had to be there. And it's still there today. Yeah. Let me let me just add a little piece like to tonsils. that, Nick. It's like, why? Yeah, so what, what he's saying isn't wrong, right? I'm, I'm with you, Nick. However, um, working in, a, in an environment in which I tend to teach most, I find that there are a lot of circumstances where that, um, that forward assist comes in handy. And one is actually in the loading function. So because we don't have an exterior charging handle that is actually attached to the bolt, um, to press check the rifle, we must, or pistol, however you look at it, you have to pull back on the um, charging handle. And when doing so, there's no good way to make sure that your bolt is back in battery other than letting slam. Um, so that could, that could result in a couple things that we might not want to happen. So using that forward assist to then make sure that you're back fully in battery is you know, probably one of the better benefits of having it there. So you're saying um, it is useful. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. so, so we got teammates arguing here. I like this. <laughs> no, well, one's saying it's you know, useless. The other saying it's useful. <laughs> there are handfuls. You know, what, was the, what was the original intent and what was the issue that they thought they were solving with the forward assist? It was because of the, uh, not, the well, the original design actually had a, a charging handle inside of the carry handle that was attached to the gas key that would go forward, but they were worried that would get caught on things. So when they went to the T style charging handle, they said, Oh, if, if it doesn't seat all the way, you can just jam it in with these serrations and work the bolt in. What if it gets dirty? Just and push on bang, just push. <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't work. <laughs> hey, Andrew. Okay. Let's go yes, through the AK I think now. That the AK has a charging handle too, a forward assist too. It yeah, doesn't. it does hold your hand. Oh, <laughs> and where do you hit? <laughs> Most soldiers have at least one. Whoa, and does it work? Every time. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ken did a really excellent job in describing... Uh, the AK operating system and the AR. Do you guys at Team AK have anything to that you want to embellish on or add to the uh, operating system? In the and I mean embellish. In the words of the great Sonny Pazikas, "If no work, hit with shovel." Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will add one thing. I will add one thing. As I've been doing this for a long time, I've been shooting most of my life. Um, I've I've shot ARs for a very long time. Um, I will say that when they came up with the M4 barrel cuts or, you know, the, the, the design change as it progressed, um, a lot of those carbon buildup issues, a lot of those not going fully into battery, I feel like a lot of those issues taken care of. But growing up shooting like really old Bushmasters and really old Colts, like I have some LE Colts from like the oh. you know, early set, early 80s. Um, yeah, it's definitely they have definitely improved upon the platform. But yep. it's one of those things like, you know, at some point they started making uppers without forward assists yep. <laughs> and people started buying them. <laughs> I'm one of the people that bought a lot of those. <laughs> I have a couple. I have a bunch of each, actually. 
And yeah. uh, I, I even own an old Olympic. That oh, is, we were, man, I was just talking to a dude about those piles of shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know that I'll ever get rid of it because it was such an oddity. It's a, yeah, yeah, for sure. So back when Three Gun very, very first came out, it wasn't even called Three Gun. But one of the early places that did it was a place called Woody's in New Hill, North Carolina, which is right near where I grew up. And everybody shot it with like a Beretta or a 5906, <laughs> a Remington 870 pump, and either a Colt or a Bushmaster AR with a fixed carry handle. Um, right. I don't even think they really sold guns with, with uh, the, the takeoff carry handle at that point. Not yet. But every once in a while, some dingbat would show up with an Olympic arms. And I was probably like 14 at the time. And we, I was clowning those dudes. <laughs> so what was so uh, odd about the Olympic arms? They just weren't very well made, we'll say. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, well, they had a problem with uh, doing the spacing. But like, so they're, you know, the industry standard of what size a, uh, a lower would be between the takedown pins, between you know, the pivot pin and the takedown, rear takedown pin are not quite the same. So if you wanted to get a low, some other uppers to fit on them, you might have to, uh, you know, take a Dremel and make them fit, which yeah, is ill-advised. Uh, they had some other interesting, uh, trigger component issues from time to time. They, they made their own size of, uh, of rifle as well. Cause they had like a carbine length fixed stock that looked like an A2 stock on a 16 inch barrel with the, you know, that that's one that I have because I took it on trade from someone and went, yeah, you know what? I'll keep this around because, well, it's funny to me. <laughs> oh no, I've definitely, if I, if I saw one, I would buy it just to have it. I, I, I totally would too. I would just be like, Hey, you guys want to see the biggest piece of shit AR? Let me show you. <laughs> and you know what? That's still better than a to book. <laughs> you keep bringing up the to book. <laughs> like, well, that's you know your what? go-to when you're to make the AR, AR better. That's really all you can do. Well, that's what I was saying. He keeps book. going to the to book to bring make it his up AR look better. Be all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before hey, we get off the uh, operating systems, Brian, do you have anything to add? Well, you know, my, my honest love for the AK started with the parts count. You know, the, the reason I called our company Occam defense is there's this idea of Occam's razor that all things being equal, the simplest answer is the best one. When I'm describing the difference between an AR and an AK to neophytes, newbies, um, I'll point them to the dust cover on an AR. It has like 30 components. It doesn't really, but it's like, there's got to be like eight or nine components just in the dust cover of an AR-15. The AK has a dust cover too, and it's called the safety. It's zero parts. And I can go and do that with like eight other things, major features on the AK. Um, the bolt carrier doubles as a spoon and a stirring instrument and a hammer and all kinds of other shit. It also doubles as the wrench to take down the uh, rear sight block cam lever. 
that's somewhat I'm being somewhat silly there, but the bolt, if you look at the difference between an AR-15 bolt and an AK bolt, it's stupid. When I'm showing AR people how to strip a bolt, <laughs> invariably they're like, whoa, you mean it's only like five things? And they just like one thing, you can't do it wrong. You just have to go in the different order if you do it wrong. It's like, yeah. And it's like, you mean the gun won't blow up if I forget the cotter pin or whatever nonsense there is? And I'm like, nah, it just won't work. And they're like, this is amazing. And so you can just keep doing that with the AK that they've just wrung all the extra shit out of it. There's no charging handle because it's just part of the bolt carrier. Um, there's no forward assist because it's part of the bolt carrier. The, um, the hammer spring and the trigger spring are the same spring. Like the, it's just genius how simple they got the thing down to. So uh, I like that. That was a good, somebody's echoing. Is that me? Echoey? No. So Brian got into the next one, which was parts. So the parts, um, you know, the parts counts fewer on the, the AK, I think is what, what Brian is saying and that they also have multiple uses with the parts. Um, so what is, what is the total part count on a, let's say just an M4? Does anybody know that? I bet I will in just a second. Is that yeah. field stripping yeah, you you're talking about parts? Or are you talking about the overall construction? Overall parts count. I don't want to say because you could, you know, you could pick a different <laughs> AR and it could be a different number. Right. Let's just say like a standard, you know, military M4. Yeah. There's a bunch. And you can include mag or don't include mag. Doesn't matter because I think the mags pretty much have the same number of parts. So, so let's just look yeah, at it. Mags really have, you know, four parts in a mag. Well, we'll do yeah. mags later. So. We'll just start at the bottom. Uh, you got the buttstock. You got the tube. And we'll do the outside. We'll do outside, inside. And then inside that, you've got the spring and the... Uh, Detent, the plate. But you got the spring and you got the... Uh, oh, the buffer. You the buffer? buffer? Yeah, yep. the buffer. Uh, buffer and then you've got spring. The, the spring, the detent. Plate. Um, plate, castle nut. Yeah, castle nut. Yeah, castle nut. Um, yeah, plate, and you got your grip, so you got your detent spring, you got, you've got your here, you got washer, the- your bolt, your pistol grip itself. I don't know. Did you, did you find an answer? Uh, I have an exploded view of it, and uh, I just have to do math quick. Well, I does it well, give you a final number I mean, at we've the bottom? Done like 20, parts. 20 parts, no, it, right there. It, it doesn't give me the so I have to add the, the totals up, okay. So I, I, I will, because that is the So the as he's issue. doing that, do you know the, the count on an AK? Team AK? Me? Team AK, yeah. Ask Brian. He builds them every day. Yeah, I can go through it, but and I can look at our part number list, but that's going to take me a minute to count them up. Um, it depends what level of stripping you want to go to. Like in the case of the front trunnion, that's actually three parts. It's the front trunnion, the the bullet guide, and the bullet guide rivet. And if you want to count that as three, I would count it as three personally. Yeah, separate parts. Yeah, Yeah, you have to count it as three. Yeah. Yeah. So, in all fairness, the buttstock on the AR, depending on which buttstock you're working with, has multiple parts also. Yeah, the collapsible buttstock is going to have way more. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, but if you get one of the, uh, you know, your lovely AK 12s, they'll have as many parts in the buttstock. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. 
So while while Nick is looking for uh, for a park count and doing some quick math, just to kind of keep the topic moving, the the major benefit when you're looking at all those parts on the AR and, and what they do and how they integrate is actually the integration of those parts. That most of them, not all of them, but most of them are designed to easily integrate without any further engineering or changes by an armorer. Um, they're they're more or less, and this is not entirely true of the entire system, but more or less plug and play. So um, the whole concept of adult Lego set comes into play. Now that gets a lot of folks into trouble because they start changing out components that they really don't belong doing. Um, we are not engineers. We're not gun engineers. So when we start changing spring, spring weights, um, uh, bolt carriage weights, and all kinds of other stuff. We're really not supposed to be doing that because the design of this weapon system is is designed all along the kinetic energy that's pushed off of the, the amount of pressure that's in that system with the base springs that are in it. So we have to be careful how we alter these things. We, we f- frequently see these Gucci Glocks and Gucci ARs failing. Um, and the reason for those failures is because people have messed with them and changed, interchanged on these parts they really shouldn't have been interchanged with. Um, they're cool. Um, they certainly have their place particularly in the competitive realm, but they have zero place um, in the defensive realm. If you want that gun to run and run will you need it to run, leave it as it was designed. There's somebody much smarter than you were that put that thing together. Um, that is that is 100% correct, Ken. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Yeah, I man. mean, that's I mean that's just be said for everything, though. I mean, the people do the same stuff to AKs, so... Yep, they and do. The, yep. Yeah. I, I do have the parts count for a... Uh, for a standard M4, so like a issue M4 from the military has 107 total parts. Wow! But that goes down to including the tensioning screws for yep. that uh, RAS handguard. Yep. That would put everything in, like where you're putting all the stuff into that, and the the springs for the delta ring and stuff like that. It is 107 total individual parts. That's a lot. What did you What did you come up with, Brian, for the standard AKM or or 74? Well, just in the receiver, I've got uh, 17, 18, 23, 26 in the receiver alone, yeah. and um, then I started moving on to the barrel and uh, realized the rear sight base has like six or seven. There's a bit of a a difference to be made or uh, how to put it the part count in some ways on the AK is quite high but rivets are not things that fail in general Um, and so like cross pins and stuff like the that's where you kind of get into bomb cost and like yeah milled receivers have lower parts counts but I would rather have a stamped gun in general and so parts count to parts count um, it sort of is like the, in my mind, it's the movable parts, things that can break and fall off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that may sound like me hedging and everything, but I really do think there's a difference between sh- shit that moves and shit that gets driven into a hole once to lock something in. AKs like AKs only like, have eight moving parts. Right. That's, that's a good way of putting it. But on the, <laughs> the, the manual labor, like, let me say, let me fight for the other team for a second here. Yeah. The reason that a- ARs are so much cheaper than AKs now is because they're much more amenable to modern manufacturing methods. 
in the days when every milling machine was a manual milling machine and there was an equal footing on stuff, the AK was easier to make. I guarantee it. Today, though, um, it's it's a lot of man minutes to get an AK from start to finish that's good. Now, I know people that that can slam one together in under half an hour. Um, but I don't brag about how fast I can build one. I brag about how good mine are. Um, and those are two different things. So in terms of uh, outfitting a modern military, the AR has a lot to recommend it, it if it's on a if you're a baller on a budget, the AR is for you. Yeah. But if if you were live in a first world country, then I think the AK is a much better weapon. Well, I'll add to that just from the fact that I work for a company that does mass produce. We'll say mass produce AKs. Um, what we do is a very different thing than what Brian does. Brian makes, I mean, I would say, you know, almost a boutique AK. Sure. Uh, just very highly accurized, you know, not a run-of-the-mill mil-spec type of rifle. Well, what Century Arms does, we make mil-spec rifles. Um, and we can say that because we do personally have the Romanian mil-spec. Um, we actually <laughs> talked about that uh, with CJ. Remember that time, Marty? Yeah, yeah. The only not thing cj i think ever said about about century arms was that we were one of only three companies that can say they make a mil spec ak yeah. oh and, <laughs> not and necessarily something to brag about at the end of the day but it's true state i was just gonna say that i've i've been around some and not 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 century exactly but mil spec ak's and oh yeah you know, but but what, what i was my what i was gonna add to that being just mass producing being different than what it is it is much more labor intensive and it does require a certain amount of skilled labor to actually assemble and build an AK properly. Yep. But as the first company in the United States to build an AK 100% in the U.S., which is Century Arms, um, we've learned a ton, and we have applied American engineering and American manufacturing processes to the AK now, and that's why we're able to turn out such a high-quality product over mm -hmm. what the old Comblock stuff was, just because we are better at it than they are. But to Brian's point, the cost it's way cheaper to manufacture an AR. I can get 20 guys from a freaking homeless shelter, bring them into a back room, and they're making ARs in two hours. Yep. Um, you know, AKs are not like that. Um, they, you know, they have to be riveted. There's a finesse to it. There's, I mean, we all make our a lot of our own equipment. We have, we yep. just made I've it ourselves. I've had the uh, great fortune to to go over to Poland uh, to Pioneer Arms to their manufacturing and actually watch start to finish the process of of them making an AK, the forging and everything, uh, it was it was remarkable. I've got a video on our YouTube channel if anybody's well, interested. And and I should has I should hasten to say that when I was talking about forty five minutes, um, Century would never turn a dime profit if it took them forty five man minutes to build a gun. That I'm not when I was speaking somewhat derisively about folks that slam stuff together. I mean on the garage builder scale. Oh uh, no, hundred percent. It would be on the order of man. It'd be like I bet I don't want Andrew to tell me, but I'd be shocked if there's over because of the high degree of automation and mechanization. I bet it's like ten process minutes to make a century gun that has tens of millions of dollars of R and D and a very nice gear that makes stuff reliably via automation. It, it is. It is. But you'd be surprised at how much actual manpower is. Oh really? Cool. Yeah. Cool. Which, you know, we're sitting here on Team AK and we're giving Team AR <laughs> this is true. all this ammo, but I'm not going to bullshit and lie. <laughs> ARs are much easier to build. Well, that's okay. I mean, somebody has... They're way easier to build. Yeah. Someone has to go to Home Depot and then cut the handle off the shovel. 
you know, before you put it in the the press. I actually had a I had a listener send me he that's one of the entries in the competition. Is he yeah, the he, shovel handle? That thing is awesome. Yeah, did you yeah. see that? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, see just, he literally just, cut the back end off of a um tile shovel. Yep. Oh no, I'm I'm super aware. The guy, the first guy to do that in the U.S. goes by the handle Ma Boris, M-A-B-O-R-I-S, and the guy is a legend. Mm-hmm. And um, he, if he was actually the guy that called in or sent in an entry, Marty, that is a guy we need on the show. He is one of my heroes. He's actually a very highly skilled fabricator, and he was selling back in the day. OG, he had this website that sold flowers. And you could buy the Marigold or the Snapdragon or all this other shit. And what what you would do is you would buy this flower. And what showed up in the mail was a bunch of sheet metal. And you would buy a Tokyo Marui Airsoft Glock and throw everything away and route out some stuff. And then he had YouTube videos where you would TIG weld together all these little sheet metal parts to make what today is like a Polymer 80. And this guy, he also did just to piss off the libs. He he lives in uh, Massachusetts. That's the MA part. He talks. He writes this hilarious article that you can still find about going to an antique shop with with bourgeois wife and finding shovel and saying this should be AK. And then he does the whole thing. He makes the receiver out of the shovel, which is why AKs yeah. are better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here it is. <laughs> here it is right here. Yeah, there it yep. is. Turn your plowshares into an AK. This is Arms of Acadia. He's the one. I don't know if he's whatever name you said uh, or not, but he's also, if you notice there, he's got a screwdriver for his uh, charging. Oh, yeah, oh no, up. this this is a gent. I know Arms of Cascadia. He's a good dude. He's a gunsmith in the PN in the Pacific Northwest. I think he's somewhere. He might be near um, Eugene. And, uh, no, that's, that's, oh man, is that a glorious work of art he made Isn't there. That great? Duct tape. <laughs> of course. Duct tape. He's got duct tape and he's got a screwdriver for the charging handle. Is, and is, is that a, is that a U.S. Palm Meg? That is oh, a U.S. Course. Palm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it looks like a painted gold. Is that a foul? Did he make the handguard? Oh, it's, it's a set me handguard that he turned okay. into an AK he, handguard. Yeah, I was... The hit, uh, that's here it is. Shooting it. What's this? What's this handle though? It, oh, yeah. He just put the we just put the plastic handle over the yeah. charging handle. Yeah, that's great. But look at the duct tape right there. It's extended so much charging handles. You know, I guess my AK because I do own one has uh, a plus a large amount of duct tape on it as well. It's good stuff, man. Because, uh, I had to reinforce the, uh, well, when using the pistol brace, as it was originally designed to the polymer of the SB 1913 brace, uh, did not, uh, stand up well. So I, it had to be reinforced. You should call, um, you should call this guy, Brian Keeney. He makes a really (laughs) badass brace. Oh, well, that would take away from the the aesthetic of the AK I have. I call it the ghetto blaster. Yeah, nice. And (laughs) everything about it, it reads for that. But uh, so, no, I I have I have both. I've shot both. I've trained with both. And the AR is just better. Well, I mean, let's just be honest. I think we all 
are AR and AK guys to some extent. I mean, we like all yeah. firearms, yeah. shotguns, uh, pistols. You know, we like we like everything. So this is just you know this is a fun show. You guys are doing great. You're good. You're good sports. I appreciate it. I, I will say this, Marty. What? I was 12 when I got my first AK. I was well into my 20s when I got my first AR. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say I was the opposite. I got like, like I got handed a pre-band Colt flat top when I was eleven. Yeah, and, you're a lot uh, younger than me. I feel like. No, I was. That was in '94. <laughs> yeah, I graduated high school in '95. Yeah, <laughs> I graduated graduated college in '94. Yeah. I, I, I got my first AK when I was 12 because AKs were $175 and I could afford exactly. one. <laughs> that well, also explains see, why you had an AK before you had an AR. That's see, why. Back AR, then, AR at that time in the early 90s, an AR was $700. Yes, thousand some case. It was almost $1,000 in the late 90s. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, you could pick up an Orenko at that time for between three and $600, depending yeah. on which model, under folder or standard stock. Yeah. See, our Honda shop uh, sold SKSs under the floorboards of the shop. So that's just, you know, what we had for 762 by 39. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Dude, 75 bucks for my first SKS. <laughs> yep. That was, a, I should never have sold it. It was a an armory quality, red stocked um, Soviet gun. So it's probably worth oodles. But oh, yeah. um, hindsight, it, man. Hindsight. It, it went, it went, it went early. <laughs> If, if I had like a time, buy an AK. all I would do is go back and buy guns. Yep, it's true. It's true. Buy but, uh, all, there was something. I'll, buy I'll Apple quote stock. most of our mutual friend uh, uh, James Yeager here in saying that these are the good old days. That's yeah, right. That's he buy has yet to be wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeager's right. Every day is a so good old on, day. So on, on that note, Brian, you, you mentioned earlier um, a couple minutes ago related to milled receiver versus a stamped receiver and your your indication was a stamped receiver was um was better or had some superior qualities i know the answer to this but but share it because that's that's worth knowing yeah sure so um i i think we've occam has has put the the last nail in the coffin on stamped receivers not being accurate um, we've shipped well over 500 guns now, which is a, not a spit in the ocean next to a bunch of, of, uh, uh, of manufacturers out there, including century. However, it starts to be statistical and we've never shot one or never, never made a gun that shot over a one inch group at 50 yards with good ammo. So that's far in excess of what you need out of an AK. I'd, I think that a 4MOA AK is perfectly adequate for what AKs are designed to do. Um, I only tout that accuracy as a measure of all-up quality, that that we're doing stuff boringly the same every time. But wouldn't you say uh, that you've uh, increased the expectations out of an, an AK? And I think most people have, have their expectations are, you know, more accuracy. And they're, they're getting more accurate because of companies like you where you're going in and you're, you know, you're starting to make your own parts, you know, piece by piece, because you're like, you know, this one just didn't get enough. I'm going to make my own. And um, they're becoming yeah, and I'll, more and, more and I'll say that, to meet the expectations of Americans. Well, and but that's the funny misunderstanding is that the there's a ton of commie tolerances that have one thousandth of an inch tolerance windows. 
it's actually a very tightly dimensioned gun. Now, you are correct that um, it's especially the case in the U.S. where when we tell machine shops it's for an AK, they automatically think it can be hot garbage. And and so that that expectation that it doesn't have to be good because it's an AK has been a real bear for us to overcome. And that was just never true. This whole line about AKs being built in caves is 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 not a real thing any more than you can build a good 1911 from an from a truck frame in a cave. It's just not a thing. Um, Brian, hey, hang on you know, on that one on the uh, on the AR side of that same same equation. You know, we've got all these guys that are milling out um, 80% receivers on on ARs. However, what they're forgetting is the anodization process. That's where the rigidity comes in the material. Right? So that that's exactly all along the lines you're talking about. Yep, that's a that's a really good point. And and homebrew anodizing is very doable. Um, yep. We do it here. We don't yep. do it on our production parts, but for fixturing and stuff, you need battery acid and water and a battery charger. And uh, that's that's kind of the game. Now, there's a little more to it than that. Um, don't but, try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's YouTube, YouTube and, and don't sue us. If <laughs> you watch a YouTube video, off. fine. Um, but uh, we no, did not support this. <laughs> right, right. Milled, uh, milled verse, verse Just stamp. Just pass it out of your battery in your car. It'll work perfect. <laughs> it'll it'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. Don't um, <laughs> But... Uh, no, milled receivers have a lot to recommend them. The major downside generally is weight. And um, like the first AK I bought uh, was a milled receiver. And by the time I threw a handguard on it, I got I had a neck injury by the end of the first day when I took it to a class. And that started my, my loathing of, of milled receivers. And I happen to love them now. And um, I think there's a lot of upside to them, like the precision of the location of the fire control pins, the lack of any twist in the receiver in general. There's a bunch of good upsides to a milled. However, if you know, if you told me I had to jump into to uh, Red Dawn tomorrow, I'd be grabbing a, a stamped gun. Um, so uh, just because of the weight benefits without much downside, unless you're talking about the last couple percent of awesome. Good point. I like that. Um, so I want to get in, I, I want to get into, um, you know, you're talking about stamped and milled and, you know, the different materials, I guess, uh, versatility that they can be made from, you know, we're seeing a lot of these uh, polymer ARs come out these days and the 3D printed stuff and, you know, all that. And I think even the AKs, you can 3D print an AK uh, receiver these days. So Ain't going to last very long. I don't think it's going to last long in any any platform, any of those. But, you know, you're seeing the, the well, pistols. I can, be I less, can uh, speak to a compo- or to some of the, uh, the non-traditional uh, AR lowers. Okay. Uh, hybrids seem to work okay. Well, not the Omnis, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, the polymer reinforced the steel. No, so I have, uh, I have a, a carbon fiber AR lower that I've been running on my competition AR that uh, was... It's 100% carbon fiber. And, like, even the threading for the buffer tube. And it's, it's by Tegra Arms. There's subsidiary or some part hooked in with New Frontier Armory. And I have beat the crap out of that rifle. Now I wouldn't call it a duty rifle. It's also, you know, it was a, 
a $60 receiver and AR receivers are, you know, 50 bucks a throw. So I have a stack of them in my safe at home that if, if it would break, I would just go to an, you know, aluminum one, but with it, I mean, I think that weighed somewhere in like eight to 10 ounces is what that receiver weighed stripped. Mm-hmm. And it's holding and it up because it's carbon I've, fiber. I mean, that's I've ran that for the price point on that. Just curious on a carbon fiber, complete carbon fiber lower. Oh, this was uh, so it wasn't complete. I had to put all the internal components in it. No, you know, so like, I mean, uh, like completely made lower. carbon fiber. How much oh, it for cost? the strip lower, it was it was under a hundred bucks. That's not bad. Reasonable, yeah. Yeah, that's doable. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's, you know, it's like carbon fiber, like even the threading in the back was carbon fiber. And I mean, it's, it's held up. I ran it, I've ran it for since I think 2016 or 17 mm-hmm. for three gun and competition every year. And right. you know, that's chucking it into barrels and it's not my training rifle or what I take to classes or what I would call duty grade, but it is. It's a race you know, gun. So, yeah. Ken, you were going to say something uh, before he got in, into that. You know, I brought up the the polymers and the 3D printed. Yep. Lowers. Talk, talk about what you were going to say about that. So um, just to keep comparisons semi-equal here, we talked about a stamp receiver versus a, a forged um, receiver on the AKA Cam series. I, I think Nick probably has some background to talk about billet versus forgings. Because that yes. would be that's more the equivalent that we'd be talking about on the AR side. Yeah. So why don't why don't we get into that a little bit, Nick? I agree with yeah. that. So so billet versus forging. Um. Well, there's there's even like a a gun meme pa- po- or page that's you know called five forges because everyone says well there's only like five forges because in the AR world you know you have different companies who get charged different amounts for things and it's well, why is this piece of aluminum three hundred dollars and this one thirty and a lot of times you'll get into the difference of forgings versus billet so a billet if you didn't or for anyone who doesn't know is a chunk of raw aluminum or not raw you know it's a one piece chunk of aluminum yeah one one, one large piece that will then had various machine processes done on it in like a really nice haas machine center like uh, brian has <laughs> and they will uh, crank out all of the different stuff, and you know, I don't that know if will. Brian's real big on Haas right now. Yeah, yeah. No, even <laughs> I was gonna say even nicer in general than what I have. A lot of it's actually fairly difficult to machine an AR-15 receiver, and they use mostly what are called horizontal milling machines for them, which are bigger and badder and awesomer than what a, yep. what we run. But Sorry. yeah. It's so they take this one piece of metal and then cut everything out of like a rectangular block. And that's where your AR lower comes from. If you have a billet receiver. Now the, the best ones would be a matched upper and lower that come out of one piece of billet where they cut the entire thing out of one piece of aluminum. So theoretically, even the grain would be the same because Metal does have a grain to it a little bit. It's not quite the same as wood, but there is you know stuff where internal fracturing lines could happen and they would be in the same thing. Now, a forged receiver is different because they will go through and have the initial shape that they want to do. And 
generally by hammer or giant hydraulic press, they will heat aluminum up or material, whatever it is, and then slam these things together. And, you know, hammers or hammer forged would be what it would be called. And out pops your little you know piece. And then you do just the cleanup, you know, machining on the end of it to, to get things pushed out. So a lot of the prototype stuff back in the day was billet and made from, you know, one piece where they did all that. Now, most commonly they're all forged and there are arguments to be had back and forth. And I know that we have thrown it around a term a lot today or tonight. And that is mill spec. And just so everyone is aware, mill spec does not mean it is the best because there is a mill spec for everything. And there is even mill spec beer. Actually, there, there, there are two of them. It's a Budweiser. <laughs> so, so one is Coors Light. And number, baby. The yep, yeah, Coors Light has an NSN number, and so does Budweiser. That's why so I drink. Rum. <laughs> you, you have a choice of yeah. of getting, uh, you know, either. You know, light beer or regular beer. It's Coors Light or Budweiser. <laughs> is there a whiskey mill spec whiskey? Um, there I is, but I haven't found who it is. I think it's Jack like Daniels. Midwest Distillers. <laughs> Jack Daniels. Yeah, I like Jack Daniels. That's a good point, Ken. Thanks uh, for clarifying the point I was trying to make there. Um, and good. Yeah, we've got the AR nerds. Uh, in the house, do you guys, ha- this is a point of curiosity for me. There's an AR forging. Um, I don't touch them, but I look at them occasionally. Uh, there's a keyhole icon on some of the forgings. Do you guys know what that's about? Like what forge that maps to, or what the story is? Cause that's the only forging mark I ever see. So I, ahead, I was gonna say, I don't know all of the. There, there is a proof mark as well on a couple of the other ones. I don't know them all. I, I know the keyhole one you talk about, and I want to say that had something to do with Colt because they'll say it's a key marked. Okay, cool. Um, thank you. Hold on. I may have an answer here. Um, go ahead and keep talking. But, uh, no, then that's, that comes down to being like maker's mark. Or you know, Maker's Mark's you know well well Maker's Mark is a great whiskey though since we were just talking about that it but <laughs> um we like refer to that as bourbon in the south thank you <laughs> is this the key the keyhole bourbon has you're nice talking about Brian yeah that sucker totally that right there yep yep the Omega yeah and uh, when you get into some of those forging markings it kind of becomes like uh, Oh, I wish we had them from uh, Factory 47 on to go through some of the different uh, house stamps they had from AK factories. Yeah. Although you don't see near as many. Uh, a lot of them don't even push that out anymore, you know, just for what they're they're doing. It's only a handful of companies that still really keep those alive. Well, and in the case of an AK, like on a Bolt or a Trunion, sometimes you'll see like seven different proof marks. And those are old school travelers. And it, it goes to my argument that this was not a shitty peasant gun. Like there's so much, like the, the QC steps 
along the way with the AK. And you can still see them today on the WBP parts that that we use in our guns. There's proof marks all over the place from and the the easiest one is if you see a little kind of a pinprick on a part, and this could be AR or AK. Um, it literally looks like somebody shoved like a big pen, a very sharp big pen into the metal or a center punch or something. That's a hardness testing mark. And so you'll occasionally see that on some of our steel parts. And that's not a blem. That's a mark that we checked your part. Um, and we don't, there's some things we do hundred percent QC on, but we use a nice enough heat treating surface where a whole lot gets done at one go in a very nice vacuum furnace and they test three or four for us on a machine that's way better than ours so we'll test like one out of the lot just to make sure that you know people are on on the ball but yeah the consistency now with modern heat treating is amazing in how even it is you can imagine like when you're making cookies or something in the oven and you got a shitty old oven you know the ones in the middle will be burned and the ones on the outside will be raw that's a real thing in heat treat if you don't know what you're doing yep now, uh, now when we were talking about that, cause you're talking about like a rifle being an old traveler and stuff like that. And the differences between the, the two systems, the major benefit of the AR over the AK is it's interchangeability. Like I know we said earlier when we were making fun of Olympic arms with, you might not be able to drop that upper onto Get another lower device point. You wouldn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, like I can take a, a, a Palmetto state lower and put a Daniel Most defense of the up, time. Yeah. And put a Daniel defense upper on it, you know, or versa vice and you're know, going across because the, the mil spec standard across all the different makes, you can generally grab all of them. Like granted, there's some, some oddities where you can't move things around because they are very proprietary yeah like um was it lwrc they have a, a lot of proprietary stuff larue larue that's who i'm thinking of larue yep. yeah i mean you know and and wilson has some proprietary stuff as well with you know some gas block and how they journal barrels but uh i know that uh when i the reason why i bring this up where you can have different people manufacturing different parts is, uh, you know, like there's a company called the you know, white label armory who does a ton of OEM work on the AR world and anyone can kind of be up and sign up and get parts for them. If you're a dealer or like anyone can just order AR parts through them. They make one of the coolest things ever for, uh, like it's called an armorer's kit and it's just all the little springs and shit that break on guns yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, in it's little tackle minute. box that break on ARs. Excuse me, Nick. Yes, that break on ARs. Thank you, Marty. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, hey, I mean, I've had a point of off your AR when you field strip it. So, so the point you're trying to make, Nick, is you were talking about the mil spec yep. that when things yep, are made saying, in mil uh, spec and the, uh, they, each company abides by that, then the interchangeability that you're going to get with the rifles yep. is a benefit. Well, what I think, what he, I think what he was saying was, I, I, honestly, I think what, was what he, he saying, said Andrew? first was actually wrong because he said the advantage of the AR-15. What are the advantages? Well, I see it. I see it as a disadvantage of the fact that all the parts have to be interchangeable because the shit breaks all the time, or you lose it all the time. Well, you don't need to screw around with it. I was go to a large big box store 
and see spare parts kits for AKs all over the wall. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, Brian, have you ever seen one? Like at, uh, at Negatron, Negatron. No, yeah, I don't think thing. so, but I think that every major manufacturer makes a lost parts kit for the AR. We so that's idiots we have to do a Vantage. <laughs> Mike, you forgot to put the DIS in front of it. So well, just throwing that out there. When when we get into this, I, I had a point I was going with this. Oh, so okay. uh, are you Nick, there no. yet? Are you there? <laughs> have you made it? No, I haven't got there yet. Okay. I was leading okay. up to it okay. because I was going to talk about because uh, you can order pretty much parts if you want to change it up or do the customization or customization of your rifle, and uh, can pretty much order any AR parts as long as you know. The biggest thing you have to worry about is if you have you know a carbine mid length or rifle length gas system. But try and order handguards for an AR that isn't a Merc. <laughs> or I'm sorry, for an AK that isn't a Merc. And you're going, which one is this? Because like, okay, did Poland use this length? Is this a Yugo? And and then when we go back even further, I know I've really been beaten up on the Tabuk. And I should let the AK guys explain why the Tabuk was bad. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother I'll show. That's a whole that, other show. On the tabook. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll Nick struggling lately, so I won't. But I won't. The book is I'll, like I'll the Olympic, up. my friend. It's like the Olympic. It just wasn't done right. <laughs> I mean, even the name to book is just stupid. Yeah, the to book was the Iraqi made variant where they took a clone of a clone and reverse engineered the clone of the clone. <laughs> Did you make your point, yeah. Nick? Bad sci fi. Just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, my point was more on the, all the parts mesh together, especially for customization. And they don't do that on your AK side. Okay. Good point. Is that and a good I, point I, or not I, a good to point? I don't know. That, I will say that that is changing as the U S market keeps developing and we get more U S manufacturers making AKs. That's becoming less and less of an issue. Um, a lot of parts in AKs now are becoming interchangeable with multiple brands, just depending um, that's not always the case, but, um, but we also, you know, in the U S you want to put a Magpul handguard on your AK Buy a Magpul handguard. It's going to fit everything but the Yugo pattern. And if it doesn't fit, you just hit it harder with the same a thing with Midwest and Midwest will make, you know, things for certain, like the Yugo that you can buy, you can get a, get a handguard for it. Yeah. So sure I mean, but I was really hoping Troy would have joined us tonight. But he a, a thing you could say is better about the AR is that it has more interchangeable parts and more stuff available for it. But that is yeah. changing rapidly with the AK. Pretty much any type of accessory you want to add on your AR now, there's there's a, probably a very similar piece that you could put onto an AK at this point. Yeah. But 10 years ago, I, that, that wasn't true at all. Yeah. Yep. Also, except for silencers, because that whole thread's being concentric to bores. Yeah. yeah. But... U.S. made AKs again, as Americans have brought this to to the table. We concentrically thread our barrels in the U.S. Thank goodness. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Just don't get one pin. No, that was. But for, for that, a, that was uh, very much. You don't have. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nick, you're you're very right, and I look forward to the day when the U.S. successfully issues a mil spec for the AK, which they were purportedly working on for quite a while. Um, but, um, that, that will be great. 
And I look forward to the day when there are publicly available prints. And who decides um, that, Brian? Who decides the uh, the specs for an AK? Is well the the mill spec for an AK? If the US were to mill spec one, the yeah. US Material Command. Yeah. So the government. Yeah, that means the government, Marty. Sorry. Yeah, I know it ain't going to happen, and I know it's going to blow goats. But, you know, like, it is what we're working with here, man. <laughs> Why can't the companies, the the manufacturers, just get together and, and do that themselves? Actually, did they did that a couple of years ago on the AR side, but with the AR-10 platform. Because at one time, there were three different mags that you would run in AR-10s. Yeah. Rock River had their own version. Um, Armalite had their own that was like converted M14 megs. And then uh, Knight's Armament with the SR25 and then DPMS hitched their wagon to that. Mm-hmm. And when uh, the SR25 got selected to be used in limited function by the military at first, then they standardized on one magazine instead of running all these different mags. And that was through the government because the, all these people had government contracts, right? I would say that it wasn't because of the government. It was because we had one platform that got chose by the government, and then other manufacturers said, well, that's what we're going to go with now when we develop our 308. Because they so wanted to get government Tom contracts. Decided to make a 308. Smith & Wesson decided to make a 308. Because they wanted Ruger to get government contracts. To yeah. Yeah, went with that pattern. Because they wanted to yep, get government contracts. And that, that one meg is what standardized the, the AR-10. Because before that, there was a whole bunch of different stuff, and you kind of had like, a lot of like beta issues. and VHS, Marty. You're old. You're old. you'll get that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and this is a this is a good time for for us on the AK side to um, roundly acknowledge the the genius of Eugene Stoner, um, r- phenomenal gun designer. He didn't design the AR-15, which is a giant hunk of shit. Um, but the guns he did design were fucking amazing and really nice. And, and just a brilliant designer used cutting edge tech to make, to change the gun industry. So we're giant fans of Eugene Stoner, just not the thing he didn't make the AR-15. That was that, what was his name? Chipley or Sullivan. Sullivan. Okay. (laughs) Sullivan. Poor old Sullivan. I like his AR-14 way more than I like his AR-15. His what, 15? His mini-14 way more than I like his AR-15. Yeah. (laughs) Mini 14 is a good rifle. But you know, funny, funny we should get to that while we're discussing Mini 14s. You know why they came out with a Mini 30, right? Because everybody thought the Mini 14 was underpowered. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into the cartridges. Um, You know, this is something that we discussed last in round one last year, uh, the AK is. uh, And let's keep it at the, the originally designed rounds for those two platforms because. As we all know, the AR can shoot anything uh, nowadays. Um, the AK is is coming around, and you know there are people experimenting with all kinds of different cartridges for it. Um, let's let's just stick with the two Defiant Munitions. Absolutely, yeah, great company. Got my own sponsors of the Tongue Lead AK Corner. Um, so let's talk about the five five six versus the seven six two by three nine. I mean, are you even going to argue it, Nick? 
Yeah, for I, battle, I, for I will, battle oh, purposes. Jesus Christ! Really? <laughs> okay, the, we'll do this. There are some Prepare value. To get Go ahead, Nick, and I'll back no, you up. The, the, there are some valuable arguments to this. So, obviously, we're not talking about defiant munitions here, but as we talk about the cartridges as they were originally designed for and what was fielded, as you know, was kind of the intent on this. Brian, you said earlier that a four MOA rifle would be good. And now four MOA rifle with four MOA ammunition makes for a stack tolerance of eight MOA. So when you're moving into like, it actually doesn't, that's not true. They added <laughs> quadrature, but keep going fucker. I'll cut you up a little more later. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, four MOA ammo out of a four MOA rifle does not get better as it goes down because, you know, burden primed steel cased lacquer finished that was made by starving conscripts was not as good. Really? Let's be honest. It was probably really made by prisoners <laughs> out in the gulag. Yeah. I mean, it. there was some amazing stuff back in the day that they did like in Vietnam where they would, put in intentionally hot loads that looked and felt like real 762 by 30 now in rounds that would grenade because they made plastic explosives that looked just like the powder that would be detonated by the powder or by the primer. To be clear, that was Sabotage. the CIA, not the Russians intentionally doing that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are they the same sometimes? We actually did sometimes. an episode. You, you, one starting to think. Paul, I think Paul Markle <laughs> talked about that on a few episodes back. Uh, he actually talked about them sabotaging the the Vietnamese uh, ammunition stashes and things like that. So that's pretty cool. But uh, so there, there is uh, you know ARs typically have a higher velocity than the or I'm sorry the five five six round has a higher velocity and is accurate to a longer range, even with iron sights than your typical seven, six, two by 39 is as you know, you can talk all about my stopping power, you know, and, and sound like somebody who won two world wars, but, uh, we could also talk about at point accuracy going out to distance. And that is where the AR really shines because even the M16, you know, it's a two MOA rifle with 855 ammo is two MOA ammunition and you know at 300 yards that you know work out in 18 inches and stuff like that but they there is a definite benefit to speed over slow and heavy can anything to add to that did he do a good job talking about that i thought he did he, he, he did um the only thing i'm going to add to it is is just from some modern experimentation like we talked about a couple months ago um when we do weigh the 76239 against um, either M855 or um, standard 55 grain ammo, um, the 556, when we're looking at the typical civilian defender, home defender, um, it has some advantages on the indoor environment over a 76239. So if we're if we're going in that direction, um, in our experimentation against common architectural barriers, we have actually seen that M855, so steel core ammo, tends to deviate at a higher um, higher percentage 
um, after the first impact, basically reducing the amount of energy behind the round and stopping in the least amount of wallboard and or um, typical architectural features. So from that particular standpoint only, you could certainly say that the 5.56 cartridge has an advantage. Now we can easily switch sides and say an AK can be chambered in 5.56, but we'll, we'll stay with the 76239 for a second. 76239 happens to be my favorite round, no matter which way you look at it. And it's because it is a barrier penetrator. So you have to realize that when you're shooting it, that's the, that's the, the start point. Um, it will penetrate typical motor vehicles very, very effectively. Um, a 5.56 will not nearly as effectively. Um, when you're looking at concrete or if you're looking at light steel or you're looking at typical architectural features, 76239 will defeat it every day of the week. 5.56 will, but what it will do beyond defeating that initial impact is very questionable. So, um, again, when we're looking at it from a, um, a civilian user, a um, civilian defender, a typical law officer, you know, Joe Cop that's, that's working on his own budget, that's carrying his own ammo, um, doesn't know what he's going to be getting, or the typical homeowner that's got a handful of ammo. Um, those are the type of comparisons that we really need to look at. It's not the ballistic gel tests. Um, as we mentioned during the podcast that we did, Marty, you know, a typical ballistic gel test is an 18-inch block or a 24-inch block, and it's shot horizontally. Well, the typical soft matter, meaning i.e. human being and or dog or coyote, yeah, th they're only between 6 and 8 inches thick in typical size. So, um having all that extra wound channel and what it does over 12 inches is completely irrelevant. What it does within that five to six inches and then what it does upon exit and where it goes from there is highly relevant. So um, that's really the, the direction we're looking at. So, so Nick's not wrong. Um, talking about overall when we're shooting distance, um, you, can, you can certainly zero to an AR with a 5.56 more readily than you could a 76239 um, out of an AKM or um, even if we're switching to 5.45. Um, just the way that their dynamics are similar to the 5.56, but still not quite the same. And so, I guess we should should maybe talk about what the rounds were originally designed to do. Yeah, for sure. And what they were for, because, uh, you know, this wasn't designed for the, the penetration. It was designed to get in there and tumble yep so and, and that requires velocity right so right. one of the big arguments here is um during the let's go the the late 2000s there was a there was a change in the overall ar market to try to get shorter and shorter and shorter everybody wanted an sbr and everybody wanted the shortest possible sbr they could possibly get however they're shooting 5.56 ammo which was not intended to be shot via such a short barrel losing all that velocity so in order to achieve the tumbling effect that is necessary to actually defeat soft matter, you have to be up in that, you know, let's, for argument's sake, say 2,900 FPS range. Um, the reality of the mil spec is right around 31, 3,200 feet per second. So trying to keep that rate of, of speed going, you need to be at a 13 plus inch barrel on a 5.56 cartridge. 
with the right uh, powder, which is actually what Nick was referring to earlier as being, you know, the problem system altogether. So those things need to be argued before you go anywhere else. So it's barrel length, overall velocity, and weight retention on the actual projectile. Anything else to add to your your ammo there, guys? We're going to move to the AK. Brian's chomping. He's ready to. Yeah. He's ready to. He's got retort. some good arguments. I already know what they are. He's ready to retort. And Andrew, Andrew's got his finger. You're muted. Sorry, I had to pee. Didn't need to but share that. That's to okay. talk about. You, you didn't even give the one real advantage of it is that it's smaller and you can carry more of it. Come on, guys. Where's Where's Team AR at? Yeah. You know. You know, I, I understand that because we talked about McNamara's whiz kids before. That was the last episode when we really got into that when you let mathematicians pick a rifle caliber. This is what they do. <laughs> and like that's we, we did we discussed that in the last episode, so I didn't think we needed to, to hammer it as much here. But the the interesting thing about that was like, do you know how many rounds were fired per, per enemy hit in World War II by the oh. uh, by the Allies? Bane. No, I mean, got to be thousands. It's like over two hundred and fifty thousand rounds. Oh yeah, fired for every one hit. Oh, gee. Of course, in that they did like include uh, you know like aircraft. I'm sure, but. That was part of the reason for the switch was you could carry more ammo. And that's, you know, like Andrew brought up is, you know, 308 when they went to that you know dark time that we don't talk about when they were. <laughs> and, I love the 308, bro. <laughs> oh, I love the 308 too. I've got a pile of them. I just really don't like the M14. <laughs> and I own one. There you go. Really? I have a lot of guns that I don't like. <laughs> That's how you know you're a true nerd right there. You buy guns you don't even like. Like, I really I really want an FAL, and I don't have any good reason other than it's the right arm of the free world. That's right, baby. Same. Yes, Same. sir. Yep. Yeah. Big time. When you find a good one, so let let's me get know. into I'd the like SM62x39 now. All right, Brian, take it away, buddy. All right. Um, as a just to get some nerd cred back here, uh, very <laughs> interesting fact on on how you stack MOA and you do it like the Pythagorean theorem when it comes to statistical stuff. So you square four and you add it to square four, so that's thirty two, and then you take the square root of that, and that gets you five point six MOA for a four plus four deal. Now the um, the all-up accuracy we get off of our guns is actually using ammo that's made in Siberia at the uh, Barnall plant. And so, believe it or not, I know it's very hard to believe, but I've measured the tolerancing on Barnall ammo, and it's phenomenal. The variation in case size for headspace is around one to two thousandths of an inch. <clears throat> it's really good, which is one of the things that's so important for accuracy is a consistent headspace and seal for that gas. Hey, Brian, uh, Barnall uses boat tail bullets as well, don't they? Believe so. They've got that funny, you'll you'll know it's it's wolf polyformance is the stuff we shoot, which is actually made by Barnall. And it's very different from Tula. There's like a, I'm not an ammo nerd, um, but there's a little line 
right near the case where the case meets and yeah the bullet is shaped differently after there from wolf or anything else they do have you can see lead in the ass end though it's sort of the copper swaged over and you can see lead in the back there um let's see so yeah the the tolerance off steel case commie ammo is friggin legit now um i do have a question pop quiz here why is uh AKMO steel case. Why is it steel cased? Yeah. Because communism sucks. That's why. <laughs> that's all they had, I guess. <laughs> like, there's there's no good reason. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because communism sucks. Now that said, it tend, it actually works really great in an AK, but um, yeah, communism sucks. So anyway, let's see for oh Brian, yeah. If Brian, if, hang on that yep. point. So Talk to the point of the type of steel that's used in the 7.6239 casing, because that makes a difference. I don't actually know, other than that it's fairly soft, which allows mm. the, the case to swell a little bit in the chamber, and that gives a good gas seal. But I actually don't uh, enlighten us here, because you probably know something I don't. I do. Some of the stuff I've heard from a couple different ammo importers, and I don't have the I can't say this is actually, you know, this is actual fact. What I have heard is that specific, and I forget, it's A25. I, yeah, I can't remember the, the designation for it. We'd have to look it up. Um, but that specific steel typically only comes from Russia. Um, so it's something that we don't necessarily have a specification on. And yep. to be able to pull that steel in the correct dimension and sub-dimension Meaning that as as that case is elongated, it doesn't lose the um, uh, what's it called the ductility. The would, oh, right. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so that process is is um, is difficult, and right. that material only comes from one one location that I've been made aware of. But, but again, I don't know that I haven't researched it beyond being told by a couple ammo importers. So I don't, I don't know no, that. that. You're quite right. The difference, the steels that are, you know, when we say 4140 here, yep. that's not necessarily what Europeans are using as specifications, just as you're saying. And um, it's been a little bit tricky as AK manufacturing has ramped up in the United States to match alloys in the way that's important. And you'll see that in, it, it manifests in somewhat unfortunate ways. Like we were talking about a trigger that's made out of tool steel. Yep. That's too hard and not matched to the other components in the gun. And so though it's something I've had a fair amount of heartache over. And the best I can come up with is that 4140 is awesome. And I use it for everything. And, um, that, that tends to be fine. But in the case of like receivers, when you get a Morrissey or um, a Nodak, um, well, I'm pretty sure Century uses Morrissey, PSA uses Morrissey. I'm pretty, I don't know that KUSA, no, I do know. I think they do as well. Everybody's pretty much using the same receiver manufacturer and they don't have one millimeter steel in the United States. And so you'll notice if you measure a, a U.S. made receiver, the thickness of the sheet metal will be very slightly different from the specification because of the gauging mismatch in the way that steel is manufactured in the United States. So, yeah, that that remains a challenge across multiple dimensions of AK subcomponent manufacture. I will say Century uses 1.5 mil receivers and they always have just like the Chinese. Yeah, it's like an RPK thing. It's you know. You, you say duty. you yeah. say 
just like the Chinese as though it's a good thing. <laughs> um, I, I say it is like a good thing. They make a damn. They build a good AK. <laughs> they make a damn so, good AK. Yeah. I would, so, I would, I would carry a, a Mac ninety Norinco into combat before I'd carry a Colt AR fifteen. <laughs> truth, truth. Yeah, fair. A piece of some whole stock. <laughs> so for for you're very right about accuracy at distance with the five five six round, and if you're at five hundred rounds and opposing an AR fifteen. It's absolutely critical to wear safety glasses because you might get your eye poked out. You won't <laughs> sustain any tissue damage, but you really could. This is critically important. Wear it doesn't have to be a great pair of safety glasses. They can be the $1 pair that you get at the range when you forget your own. <laughs> just bring those along with you because you might get an eye, maybe not even poked out, just some corneal damage, like safety first, guys. Um <laughs> You will never have to worry pretty much, and I'm speaking facetiously, guys, um, about over-penetration with an AR-15. So that is not one of the problems. With an AK, that's a very serious risk. Yeah. Over-penetration, you might go clean through a car and have somebody on the far side of that car get injured. And boy, would that be terrible. So, yeah, 5.56 five, all the way if, if as long as you're wearing your safety glasses— and uh, you know you're not you're not trying to get through anything. Then then five five six wins five days out of five. Five days. I'll out speak of five. a bit to that steel case issue that you were discussing. Um, I do know quite a bit about ammo. Um, I sell it, so I know a little bit about it. But um, yeah, lay it lay it I'm on. Wait for you to chime in. So what you're saying about the Russian steel that's a real legit thing, and it's come up a lot lately because of the Russian ammunition ban. Um, everyone, I, I mean, I, I literally was asked this question three times today on sales calls. Why don't we just make it here? Why don't we just make it here? Why don't we just make it here? Um, because we don't know how to extrude those cases and make those steel cases properly. There's been several companies that have attempted it. Um, they kicked it to the curb and said, we're not going to do it. Um, it's not worth it. Um, now with the Russian ammunition ban and the majority of 760 by 39 coming from Russia, um, it's, uh, it's, it's coming up again. People are asking that question again. Um, for us, it's way easier and honestly cheaper just for us to make it out of brass. Um, so the, the thought process of the U S people, you know, us starting to make steel case ammunition here doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't hold a lot of water. Um, but when you say it's a specific steel, you can only get in Russia. That's not necessarily accurate. If we wanted to spend the time and we wanted to spend the money to make that steel here, we certainly could. I mean, this is the United States. We have the ability to do more than any other country in the world. Let's just be honest. Um, if we wanted to do it, we absolutely could, and we could absolutely make that steel here in the United States. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't make sense to us because we already have brass. We already know how it works. We already know how to make it, and we already have machines to do it. So well, that's a good I point too. Is when these rifles were designed, that's what the case. You know, that's what they were designed around. The AK was designed around a steel case. Ammo and the AR was designed around a brass case. And, uh, and you know, a lot of people think that steel case came up after World War II. It's not true. Steel case was a, an extremely popular thing during World War II, um, and, but it was being used previous to World War II as well. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, the, the Russians developed it by any means. Um, I mean, I, I, just, I just got a case of World War II 8mm steel core steel cased. You know, loaded in 1944. Yeah. So, was you that? Know, it's, uh, 
do you, do you know Andrew? Was that resource based? I mean, I'm I'm speculating, but was uh did they go steel steel case because of resources? I mean, that's the bottom line is it's cheaper. That's why the Germans went to the steel because they couldn't get the brass. There you go. Um, so they developed a process to manufacture eight millimeter with steel case. They were making both at the same time. You can find head stamps from almost the same month, same year on crates. We've actually, I've actually opened surplus crates of ammunition that are mixed. Wow. With boxes of brass and boxes <laughs> of steel in it. Wow. From, you know, from like late, you know, like 44, 45. Yeah. Um, and mixed pallets are very common, very, very common to mixed pallet. Um, but yeah, like you can literally bust open a wooden crate and literally have not boxes, but you'll have 10 boxes of steel and 10 boxes of brass. That's it's not uncommon to see that. Well, and if we think about what brass is constituted from, it's zinc, who gives a shit, but then <laughs> copper, which is a big deal and relatively scarce. And, um, and then uh, lead is one of the chief components in brass. And obviously lead is, is useful in bullets. And steel, it, steel it turn, I've been learning about how to make steel because I'm terrified about our country's future and, and learning about how we smelt and all that. And steel, while it's actually, it's worth learning about, there's a YouTube channel called How to Make Everything where they're starting with a rock and trying to, they've moved through the Bronze Age huh. and mined their own, bronze and they've made all the stuff they've made their own firing furnaces and everything and steel it turns out is like a multi-step process it is not easy like you have to make pig iron before you can even think about making steel um and the what andrew's talking about i should clarify yeah totally we can make technically any alloy we want here um, and measuring that is easy. That's my old business with using X-ray spectrometry. And you can look at basically you shine X-ray light on metal and the rainbow that comes back. If you use a detector, you can find out all the little constituent elements in there down to the little bits of silicon and magnesium or whatever that's in there. Um, calcium. Um, the problem is getting a big ass foundry to make a little com company a little poor and century has the the benefit of being large enough where they can actually have their own alloys made relatively easily and uh even in casting houses you can get custom pours done i've had it done and that it's really cool if you guys ever have a chance to look at how investment casting works all the casting that's involved in the ak is is more or less investment casting and um they will keep this big ass pot of steel hot and then periodically they'll measure it with one of these tools that I used to design parts of and they'll check that the alloy is still in spec for what is 4140 and they will add, they have like Dixie cups of different um, alloying minerals or, or metals in there and they'll just add a little bit of this and a little bit of that and they've They've, it's it's like watching a bartender, a really good cook or chef or bartender, where they'll just salt in a little of this, little of that, check it again, know that they're back in spec and keep pouring. So, yeah, it, it, well, it's like uh, Ben Franklin said to the lady who asked if we have a democracy or republic, and he replies, it's a republic if you can keep it. And we have the tech if we can keep it. And all you guys who are at home looking for jobs, the trades and these technical fields of actually making shit, dude, nobody, nobody's there. So for young, you young folks out there, this is an amazing time to get into the trades and learn about something like casting or extrusion, extrusions or forging. Learn how to do that because you're about to become indispensable. 
because all these people are <laughs> curling up a lot of money that know how to do that. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. These and are, you can these go are to well school for like two years and not be in debt for 20 years to make yep. way more than all your friends that went to four-year school. Yeah, there they, is. my it, kids are bright, and there is no way they are going to college. Zero percent chance. And their mother, who has multiple graduate degrees completely, she's actually the more fervent of the two of us about college. You kids get out there, get a trade, and you got to make money, and you're going to be able to eat no matter what. You know, yeah. the the electricians, the plumbers, the carpenters, the roofers are not going to be the ones who starve in the next few True. years. True. Yeah, good point. All right, so uh, we need to start wrapping it up here. So before I get to the uh, listener um, comments, whatnot, let's uh, hear closing arguments from from each team here. So. We'll go with Team AR. Team AR, why is the AR the better rifle? All right, well, uh, I'm going to, to, to say this. I'm going to do one thing where I, because we've all jumped back and forth from teams on this, and as someone who has spent hundreds of hours on a range on brass detail, I have wished for steel case ammo so many times <laughs> but yes yes because you can't yes. load it <laughs> yep just just for just for you know range details where had to go out and do that but anyways so the ar comes back to uh again we've talked about it before i know we said the same thing last time we didn't get near into the modularity of it or talking about mounting optics this time or anything like that. And I know that there are a handful of ways to do it on, uh, on an AK versus an AR, but the way that the, the AR has become a, almost a universal setup for how to put your optics on the user configurability, how to, you know, all of these things, the standardization of that rifle and platform across the board has made it where if you just want to go back to brass tacks as rifles were designed, you know, or if we're going to keep it at iron sights, even when you get into like running with irons or the ability to shoot far more people are able to pick up and shoot accurately an AR. Well, it might not be you know, child soldier approved. There are still many of them that you can hand to like my, my daughter can run an AR. No problem. I mean, she could probably figure out how to kickstart my AK too, but you know, we can, we can run everything like that. And the, you know, ergonomics, well, you said, you know, an AK is not as bad as people say, and an AK only fits me if I'm wearing body armor. And that's why I have an adjustable stock on my AR. And it's the ability to have that to produce accurate fire on demand and be the same across the board for everyone is what makes it such an amazing platform. Can anything to add? Yeah. So I'll speak a little bit to the common practicality um, and acceptance of the AR. So although in our current political stance, people are looking at the AR as, as an evil thing, um, it is the American rifle. 
So as far as being a civilian defender and or local law enforcement officer, when you are either issued and or pick up an AR as your chosen rifle for protection, for recreation, for whatever you choose it to be, it is commonly accepted as visually this is a rifle that is seen everywhere. And along with that comes the commonality that Nick spoke at length to. Should you need extra parts? Should you need ammunition? Should you need magazines? They're readily available. Um, everyone, every place, every gun shop, every uh, local law enforcement, uh, whether it be a local cop shop right up through agency, has an AR-15. In America. Right. So, in and America. it's American-made. In America. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry? Readily available in America. 100%. We're talking about in America. So, CONUS, continental United States. Um, and like I just mentioned, ammo availability. We just spoke at length about how cartridges and how they're made and about the, the metals involved and such. Uh, 5.56-223 ammo is readily available. Even, even given the situation that we're presently where it is um, not as available and more expensive than it had been, it's still quote-unquote readily available where we can unfortunately have our pipeline for 76239, 5.45, and a bunch of others um, diminished, cut off, stopped. Um, I mean, we know Hornady is making ammo. There's uh, Fiocchi and, and a couple others. But um, as far as domestic ammunition, 5.56, that is, that is where it's at. And I have compadres, including myself, that run either Galil's in 5.56 or a AK in 5.56 because of ammo availability and being able to cross over between those. So, um, you know, little hats off to, to our friends at IWI. They make probably the best 5.56 AK variant that is available on the manufactured market. So, um, you know, look at that as well, folks, because the, the Galil Ace is a top end rifle. You know they're making and their own uh, ARs now too. They are, yeah. The Zion we uh, we've we've run a Zion now for I think over two years, and um, as a DI rifle, it's a fantastic build for a fantastic value. So if you're looking to get into a good solid AR that's built well, that shoots well, that you don't need to worry about, that you can add on to at a later point, so you desire uh, that Zion, whether you get the pistol version or the standard 16 inch barrel rifle. Sign 15, it's a solid gun. Yeah, and it's right in that like 800, 900 price point too, so it's pretty affordable. It is. It's a high-quality rifle. Yeah, it's, in, it's so. in direct competition with some of the other bigs. You know, like, you know, like the SIG M400 series or Predator series, they're all in that same price point, so you, yeah. you just can't go wrong there. So question, are there, are there ARs being manufactured in other countries? Yes. <laughs> a lot. Lots of them. Yeah. Um, so China makes their version. Um, I forget what it is. It's like a YZ 85 or something like that. I think I can't remember the, yeah. the designation for the Chinese. There's a Philippine one, um, Poland's, I know South Korea, Poland makes one. Makes one. Yeah. Poland's the one. Jordanians make a, uh, an AR 15, um, that that I've shot that was credible and was indistinguishable from the turds that are made here in Konus. <laughs> is that there's Col Canada? That's another one. Yeah, uh, Col Canada, totally. 
Yeah. Um, is it is it Sterling in uh, in the UK that's building their version of the AR? More in Canada. Yeah, it, it, it would be a Sterling. Um, that's what they still use because even their abysmal bullpup is there. Yep. Yeah. Hey now. Now that heard, we can all agree on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't think anyone's going to argue for that. <laughs> good, good arguments there. So let's let's switch to uh, Team AK now. Let's hear your closing arguments, Team AK. And remember, do it, Brian. There's a mission All first. Right. All right, I was I was going to let you get it. Get oh, your licks you know in. You know first. what? Hold on. One thing. I got one thing. Mission Hold first. On. Tactical right. tray at stake here. You know, it's. It... You know, I tried while Andrews. I tried to, I found a, a toilet paper company that would make anything you wanted. And so I, I filled out their quote farm because I had this brilliant idea to make ISIS flag toilet paper. Oh, that's awesome. And they wouldn't make it for me. And they, they, they were like offended that I would false advertising. That's what I'm saying. So, they make Trump toilet paper. freaking commies. Yeah, exactly. While we're waiting on uh, Andrew. Oh, to come primary arms. Nice. I've got some yep. new some new optics from Primary Arms. Hey, because they're better because. Oh shit! Wolverines, baby, oh. I don't even have to say nothing else. You got your yeah, shirt. That's it's right. done. This shit is done. We win. We win. We win. So because the AK that, beat the M16 in a fictitious movie war. Well, no, it did not it, beat the AK, AK it, versus it, it, the AK. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. The AK, <laughs> they did not because uh, they did not have it. I do love that movie because it, it started out as just kids or old people with bows and hunting rifles and they wound up with, you know, like RPKs. Yeah, it was awesome. It's the best. And yeah. RPGs. Now, this is from our friends at Factory 47 if anybody wants to get one of these. Uh, yeah, so what so Andrew's it, wearing for our video crew is a Calmet High Wolverines uh, logo t-shirt. You can use the code LEADHEAD at Factory 47 or you can get our logoed uh, item here that they make they make cups hats um but yeah you guys so there's 47 with a k not a c folks yeah factory 47 with a k uh so that's your argument is that because factory 47 well, makes cool t-shirts all right brian <laughs> go for it all right so <laughs> after after thoroughly trouncing i feel like you know there's a uh um, a technique that that julius caesar used in the gallic wars where he talked about how tough his opponents were and so, <laughs> oh my God! Uh, that's awesome. Mr. Dooley has I can't read the top. Efficient speed, acceptable drag, and it's like the girlies, you know, that are on the back of truck flaps, except that it's a Nick Dooley-sized mannequin. But she's large got a mammal uh, size. He's not quite as large as me, she's got but, some junk but in he's her acceptably trunk. large. And awesome. uh, he's kind of in the same pinup pose with night vision. <laughs> A skull crusher and uh, and and a, a, a tacked out AR-15. Much more ample so, bosoms, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I I think I I would like to you know, uh, kidding aside, the AR-15 is a a real testament to American innovation and ingenuity. And um, I I have to check this, but I'm pretty sure McNamara was a Democrat, and so they started <laughs> out way behind. Uh, you know, the AR-10 was kind of a masterpiece prototype. The AR-15 started out, you know, with the worst of government procurement messing it up. 
And over the last 50, 60 years, um, American companies have really worked the bugs out to where it is a very fine rifle. And um, uh, I keep bringing Jaeger up, but Jaeger has a great line that the AR-15 is like a scalpel and the AK-47 is like a hatchet. And I think that's very appropriate. You know, in the hands of somebody skilled, the AR-15 is a is a very formidable weapon that gets a lot of work done around the world. I think you've got um, so Jaeger there's, on there's your mind ton- because you're coming to Tennessee. Sorry, say that again. I said I think you got Jaeger on your mind because you're coming to Tennessee yeah, in a couple. Yeah, of days. Yeah, I I uh, just built. Oh yeah, if this comes out before then, I just finished yeah, a, a rifle for his benefit. Um, he's unfortunately got ALS and is trying to go out in style with a fundraiser. And our production is more or less on hold for the moment. And so my guns are hard to get. We get a lot of people asking about how to get one. And this is a way to get one. So we're either going to auction it or raffle it. We'll be, you know, publishing that on our website. Please follow Occam Defense Solutions on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Um, and I'm not doing this as a plug for me. I really just want to see the most money for James for for the last, you know, his, his going out in style tour. Um so yeah, uh, that's that's certainly why it's on my mind. Um, and uh, weekend, yeah, the, weekend, I, yeah, I would be I would be glad. You know, he has another line. What's your favorite gun? And his answer is the one in my hand. And so, like, I would if it's between a Glock and an AR-15, I'm ticking an AR-15 every time. And so, you know, really great weapon in the hands of skilled people. Um, and and it's amazing what American companies and you know guys like Kirkham feeding back data from the field like he's given me a ton of great technical feedback that I've rolled into our designs on the AK because he carried that a lot. But you know Seekins Precision is down half an hour south of me, and he has a bunch of team guys that work with him to make his products better. And so when you have this meeting of of people at the pointy end of the spear able to freely communicate with manufacturers to make the improvements that are needed, you get the improvements that we've seen. Like the the M16 that first got deployed in Vietnam killed a lot of kids and not, you know, our guys just by, by virtue of not working. If you fast forward to now, it's it's a different gun and it's a very fine gun. So you but just I, argued the yeah. AR, okay. <laughs> good, good job there, Team AK. <laughs> well you didn't have to say anything else after it came what? out of the marine shirt we already won well yeah we dropped already won mic. i i, I oh, okay on one. just trying to win gracefully martin so you dropped the mic yeah. when andrew came back with his t-shirt i got you i got you oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was done right then and there it was done i do take a shower after i touch an ar-15 it's super not pleasant but you know that's just me all right let's go to the listener um comments here because i didn't ask for questions i just asked for comments this this time uh j edgar paradox i think brandon herrera sums it up good uh, honestly i grab both team freedom uh, akm archer no simping for the other side this year take no prisoners too late for that <laughs> oh shit sorry sir sorry <laughs> he says ak for the win as always if the ar was so great then why do you see it why don't you see it on other nations flags there's a reason because- Go ahead. <laughs> I can answer that because yeah, the we U.S. Can wasn't that, but I say we just let that one ride. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No comment. Just let's fucking chill on that question, please. <laughs> There's a reason the AK is the most pro- prolific battle rifle the world has ever seen. I also feel quite strongly with my hatred for the puny five-five-six round. Uh, so there, there's his. There. 
Man Among Men. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, and this is to to chime in on what we we're talking about about um, us getting shadow banned on uh, social media. P Man Three Hundred One. I asked him to chime in on that comment because he's an AR guy. He said, "I would chime in, but your posts are not coming up on my feed lately." Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, there's a comment about that. Bailey Mueller Kalashnikov because I don't poop where I eat, and my rifle shouldn't either. So that was something you guys talked about. Hey, earlier. we're gonna read some more here. Esom eighty seven. As much as I love my American made freedom dispensers, I have to side with the commie blasters on this one. Team AK for reliability. I've only had one jam in my AK ever. My AR has a ton. That's Jesse Bedal. She's been shooting competitions lately. Winning, too. Shit, yeah. Boba1776. Team Stoner due to availability of parts and ease of maintenance. (laughs) I don't think this guy's ever taken an AK apart. Well, you don't have to take AKs apart. It's just like a Maytag repairman. They'll like flush them out. And they'll work with (laughs) missing parts, too. They will. Uh... Well, so will an AR. I've, I've, I've had M16s come in that were missing parts that were still running before. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they don't have to have a, 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 a muzzle brake to run, bro. <laughs> oh. <laughs> bro. Oh. <laughs> Raider 214, Team Kalashnikov here. The AK-47 AKM allows for a much more portable platform between it being chambered and 762 by 7.62x39, provides opportunity for a shorter barrel, without losing much in terms of capability. Its long-stroke piston system creates capability to fold the stock without adding a potential failure point like you get with your typical AR folders. The parts are also minimal for a standard field strip, so it's easy to train someone in terms of operation or general maintenance. That's their argument. Well, we're looking like a bunch of uh, crackers over here. Just have him on next time. Like, we're good for comedy, but that guy yeah, knows that guy, that guy knows his shit. We didn't even come up with half of that. Hey, no simping with him, right? Yeah, right. so Marty, pause there for just a quick second, because this is this is worth Brian Brian actually giving a little suit sense to. Um, Brian, you might want to just let them know that um, AKs aren't plug and play. There's a thing called headspace and fitting, and it's a real thing. Do you want to just elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. AR-15s, well, there's a bunch that are out of headspace all the time and nobody checks them. However, by design, the headspacing is done in the barrel and the bolt and the barrel extension on the back of an AR-15, which is is fairly clever. With an AK, you have to very carefully position the barrel such that you have the proper headspace and the width, the the window of headspace is skinnier than two sheets of typing paper. And so if you haven't really done your homework, you can make a grenade pretty easily. Um, now, AR-15s do that automatically after a few thousand rounds. So like it's, it's sort of like an automatic versus, <laughs> versus user-initiated problem. Um, but yeah, AKs are, are really much more difficult to get into. And I would say that is a good thing for the... There's so, so few things that men can work on today that it's turning us all into little... Yeah, like SJW people. And so any opportunity that red-blooded American males have to get in and work on a thing is a really big deal. And the AR-15 is very approachable 
uh, for people to get in and learn about it. it. I wouldn't necessarily say, I would say certainly that your first AR-15 should not be your duty gun, but it will make you a better shooter and a better citizen defender and a better person because you know how something works. And so the AR-15 from the standpoint of of that that idea of do it yourself way better gun to be working on and they if you're not ready to spend five grand to build ak's don't even start is what i would advise if you want to do it jump jump in you know both feet first go take a class and then start buying tooling but it's gonna be you're gonna be in five grand pretty easily um before you even really get going Thanks, hey, Brian. That's perfect. That, that commenter, Marty, who, who put that comment down. What about him? What was their name? Um, Raider two one four. I guess was that who said it? Yes. That had the big long comment that I just read. Yeah. Yep. The one who was AK forty seven AKM team. Yeah. yeah. Raider. Oh, and if I could put in a thirty second plug for the three D printing guys. Nope. I think they're fucking awesome. No, no. The thing is. You cannot have AW bands with 3D printed guns. The FP, FGC9 is amazing. Yep. Those guys are doing a really important thing for us. They're the same as the people who cook meth in their trailer with a Mountain Dew bottle and some Sudafed <laughs> and Coleman fuel. Like they're ensuring that the war on drugs is a failure and the 3D printing people are doing exactly the same service. And I know I threw in some snark at the end there, but I really do mean it sincerely. You guys who are 3D printing guns, you're making it friggin' impossible for these petty tyrants to actually get anything done. So I am, I am tiger beat for, for 3D printing guys. It's awesome. Nice. Word. Galaru True. I don't know how you say that. G-L-A-U-T-R-E-U. AK. The AK has soul. Just simple put. Arms of Cascadia. I think I called him Arms of something else earlier. You said you know him, Ken? Arms, so, arms, I, arms I, of I Cascadia. I do, actually. You said Acadia first. Yeah, which yeah. Which is really similar. Cascadia. Is he his, knows who his. I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, AK all the way. These uh, there's just something special about the sound it makes when you chamber around. It's not perfect, but seeing an almost 80 year old platform on modern battlefields tells you about the genius of the design. There you go. And and Brian, the reason I have my ACM towel is for my glasses, but I don't. I can't find my glasses. So. A lot of good that did. That's the most metrosexual ACM towel. Like what? You called it the my scented candles. Like what are we doing here, sir? Yeah, this is a. I thought you got rid of your Cadillacs. <laughs> I, I did, but oh, I can't see can't close. See Don't let him lie to you. You can't. I can't see close. That was a. That was one of the trade offs. Yeah. Now he's getting old timers. Hey, did I tell you about? I got a new hip though. Hey. <laughs> I got a new hip too. Marty's actually going to be able to do some hunting this year, besides like twenty yards away from where he gets out of the car. <laughs> right? Hey, you're my boy, Blue. My boy, Blue. <laughs> hey, I'm just making myself better for you. I love. This is Corey Brown. Um, he says I love them both, but guess what? I have buried in PVC pipes in route to my shit hits the fan spot. Question Ammo, right? skull, and Twinkies. I'll give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. LOL. Can you say ground-penetrating radar? (laughs) (laughs) 
Good luck finding your you PVC pipes. Bury those PVC pipes on other people's property, not yours. Right. Yeah, he says right. in route, yeah. in route to his shit hits the fan. So. Oh, nice. Good okay. Call. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just gonna keep hammering the Jaeger tonight. He has a great line. If you think it's time to bury your guns, it's actually time to dig them up. <laughs> and then N A M S A L R A M. They are both so beautiful, it's so hard to choose, but AR, if I had to, for customization ability. Uh, Fair. I think I read most of everybody's there. Uh, FPS Murdoch, Team Kalashnikov, Comrade. Got to get FPS in there. Um, And then Facebook. Let's see if there's any on Facebook. Peter Wiktorski. Team 12 gauge. Which, which <laughs> oh, wrong. There's a 12 not gauge. Not even a little wrong. Not even. Gauge not in both even. platforms. AKs. I've got one back there. Uh, actually, it's right there. Uh, KUSA 12 gauge. And then uh, there's AR 12 gauges too. We don't so he's tell everybody. Yeah. If I could have one gun in the whole world, there's only one gun I could ever have. It'd be an 870 pump. Mm-hmm. Yep. Real talk. Actually, yep. quick plug for Genesis Arms. They're buddies of mine up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They make a AR-10 based receiver semi-auto shotgun that is friggin' off the chain. Huh. It is really, really nice. Um, and they sell them to foreign militaries and I think they do domestic stuff as well. But they have like these little semi-auto breacher guns and stuff that are just fly. They'd actually be a great guest, Marty. We got to get them on. Well, Hold me up. D- yeah. Is their their breacher? Isn't that a uh, a pump gun though? I the only ones I've ever I've I just know them as buddies. We we share stuff. And uh, when I was up there, I just saw a bunch of little AR-10 based shotguns that were awesome. And yeah, and I. It, I've, I've used one of those little baby breachers before and they are not pleasant to shoot. They actually have a silencer that works with the whole action and everything. And, uh, so they've, they've, they've fixed a lot of, there might've been some growing pains early on. The stuff I saw was ridiculously nice. Oh, I'm sure it kicks like a damn mule though. Not that bad, man. It's not crazy. It's a really nice gun. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, and then EJ uh, Bogner Team AK Through the mud and water thick and thin It's a dirty beast that won't stop And is always in shit hits the fan mode No time for cleaning True words True words Alright we're going to give uh, away A SEAL 1 Complete gun key cleaning care kit To uh, one of those listeners uh, seal one, go seal one.com. Use the code leadhead. You get 25% off anything at seal one.com. Uh, which, which, uh, listener comment do you guys think deserves the seal one? Great against corrosive. Uh, it's got great corrosive. Let's give that to the AR protection. guys to give away because it's something that they need a lot more than we do. Seriously. I don't know. AK use anything. AK's a lot, of, a lot of, uh, corrosion going on there. This is great for corrosion protection. You know, I think that should go to the guy, the the only guy who talked about the ease of maintenance on Team Stoner. So, uh, Boba seventeen seventy six. There you go. 
Okay. What was the Boba? Boba? Bobus1776. Okay. Bobus, email me, talkingled at gmail.com, and tell me what you won this episode, uh, and we'll forward your information on to the gang over at Seal One. I'll need your address also, somewhere to send the stuff to. And uh, do not go to, listeners, do not go to my website and try to contact me because I do not check messages on there and they don't get forwarded to me. Email talkingled at gmail.com. That's where you get in touch with me. Uh, if you have questions, comments, or if you win something and you want to get it, that's where you got to do it. All right, next one we're going to do and a Mission First Tactical Talking Lead AK Corner Tray with the Century Arms logo on there. Nice. Uh, for the next one. So, Team AK, you guys pick that winner. Go for it, Brian. Well, the guy that wrote the manifesto, <laughs> okay. uh, we got to give that to him. Pack of palm mags. I'm into that. Yeah, let's give him a 10 pack of palm mags. Raider. That's awesome. Okay. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, I forgot. A ten pack of, uh, of uh, P mags or uh, the sure. U.S. Palm Black or what do we think? You, we'll let him tell me which ones he wants. This, the um, Polycarb or the Black. Okay, Raider two one four. You just want a ten pack of U.S. Palm mags, and you get to choose your color. The uh, I call them smoky clear, but you call them whatever. Polycarb, what they're made out of. Polycarb uh, or black. And and we've got some some cool things going on with you U.S. Palm and Mission First Tactical. Show them that shirt again, Andrew. I would just blow, a hint. I wouldn't blow that out of the water. I ain't blowing it out of the water, but just a hint <laughs> could be coming down the road. Um, so, all right. Now the uh, the tray. Who gets the tray? I'm going to pick for the tray. How about that? Do it. You do it, Marty. I think so. I think I like... There's so many good ones here. Let's try to find somebody who hasn't won before. This uh, G-L-A-U-T-R-E-U. I don't even know how to say that. Glue true, maybe? You may not even be a real person. <laughs> Who knows? But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an opportunity. Talkingled at gmail.com. You win the mission first tactical tray. What uh, was their comment? They might recognize it from their comment of, over their butchery of whatever their username was. The AK has soul. Just plain and simple. I like that. Yeah, I did like that one. Plain and simple. I like I like that. So uh, sorry, Marty. This is gonna kill me. Spell his username one more time. G L A U T R E U. Glotru? Glotru? I don't know. I clicked on it and he don't have very many uh, followers or following. He's only following 34 people. So I, it might be one of these listeners that I've told just to make up some Instagram account so they can. It's almost like, it's almost like Glotru. Yeah, it's almost French, but not. Uh, yeah, that's what I was yeah, thinking yeah. too. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, must be French. Yeah, I was trying to make some he kind probably of probably just like uh, you know, 
resorted Uranus into a random <laughs> nice. of <They're> like, <laughs> He's like, let me see if I can get the talking lead guys to completely go sideways on this. Yeah, uh, it he succeeded. Well done, sir. We do that's, it on our own. That's not a challenge. <laughs> well, just right. like this, N A M S A L R A M. Can you make anything out of that? Namzalarum. I don't. I don't know that one either. Let's see if, if they're following 131 people. Are you giving them a prize, Marty? No, I'm just saying that's just. Let's move on. We're done. All the prizes Nam-slam. are done. Namzalaram. Nambla. What? Yeah, I don't know. All right, so I think I don't think I can determine a winner this this round. I think it's a draw. Well, I'll, I'll let the I'll let the listeners decide that, Marty. Well, we'll let yeah, you listeners vote. I mean, the way I've got it, I've got it even because you guys were jumping on uh, Team AR sometimes, and Team AR was jumping on AKs and uh, the pros and the cons and the benefits. Uh, I think everything was weighing out kind of equally, but. We'll let the listeners decide um, their own, but I am I'm declaring it a draw officially, and you all win a custom. You tell me what you want on it, and uh, wow. you send me a JPEG of what you want on it, and our buddies over at Mission First Tactical will hook our is teams it, up. But Hodor going to see that? Hodor will Can, see them, yes. Was well, is that the only person that's going to see it? No. <laughs> Yeah, you guys know that. Uh, no, that wash your hands meme. Don't don't <laughs> tell me I can have anything printed on it, Marty. Well, there might be a Tito sweater on one. You're gonna get it I for will, Christmas. I will run it through Hodor first, but he's pretty liberal, especially with the the homies. So, hey, Marty. Yes. Here, here's here's one for you. Um, I'd like to back back mine up with uh, what Brian's doing and uh, help out Jaegers. Uh, uh-huh. thing that's going on uh-huh. and whatever Jaeger wants for the, for the Elo or the, the emblem or the logo. Well, we'll do, do as a, we'll do as one for him also. We'll do one for him yeah. also. Let's do that. Okay. So you're going to get one, Ken, Love you're still going to get one, but we'll do, we'll do one for, okay, cool. for Jaeger also. Um, we'll awesome. do some other things That'd for him wicked. too. Yeah. We'll throw that in with the rifle and make it like a big package deal for your auction. Right on. I like it. Uh, like we'll it. also throw in some AK corner t-shirts and, uh, Ooh. Uh, our our mugs, our leddies, AK Corner leddies, yeah. uh, for that. I'll too. send a couple AK Specialist T-shirts to go with it. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll yeah. that'll be a really nice thing. Thanks, guys. Yeah, That's perfect. always. Yeah, absolutely. And some Seal One too. We'll put in uh, some packages of the the Seal One. So uh, yeah, just get with me afterwards, and we'll, we can get a bunch of stuff. We can really build yeah, that up. And, yeah, that, uh, I, yeah. I see a plan hatching here that could be really cool over and above that other thing. Um, yeah. Like that's going off this weekend. Um, but uh, if we do something separate, like it all goes to the same place. So you know, we can stagger this a little and 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 send them a, a happy check from the Talking Lead and family. The mag- That'd be really and the magazines, cool. we can get some cool shit printed on the the AK magazines now. So sick. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's figure something out. That'll be fun. All right, so uh, that does it for uh, the AK Corner. Make sure you go and support our sponsors, Century Arms, U.S. Palm. Um, Andrew, what's going on new with with Century Arms? Man, all kinds of stuff, dude. We're just just crushing it right now with trying to get as many AKs made as we can and get them out the door. Um, 
I know everybody's, you know, slowing down, slowing down. The AK market is not slowing down. Um, it's becoming, it's becoming a pretty much getting to be a pretty standard thing. Um, Canic as well. Um, we've got some new stuff that came out with Canic, the Canic Pro Series, the Canic Rivals out now. Um, super, super cool pistols, great value. Just, you know, the, the typical Rivals Canic. look awesome. I really like. Yeah, the, the Bible is sweet. We got to get you out and get you some trigger time on that thing, Marty. Yeah, I'm. I'm down. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's do it. But um, but yeah, AP fives um have picked nice. back up again. Um, so the AP fives have been doing really, really well lately. Um, we've got a two hundred dollar consumer rebate on the AP fives going all summer. Nice. Awesome. Um, so that's and that's not some BS prepaid Visa card garbage. We send you a freaking check for two hundred dollars. You can go. When's that expire, Andrew? You can go when's put it? in your bank. <laughs> When's the when's the drop dead on on that purchase, Andrew? Um, September. There you go. Thanks. So it's going to run all through the summer. Um, we're also, I guess, your leadheads will be the first ones. Um, Friday, we're kicking off a Canic promotion on the Mete series. Um, it's uh, mail. It's a, a rebate as well, but it's a three mag rebate. Um, extra magazines have been so hard to get lately, and that's not just from us. From a lot of other manufacturers who use the same magazine manufacturer, um, we actually got a new magazine manufacturer in addition to our previous one. Um, so we finally are able to supply some extra magazines out into the market. We just wanted to kind of say thanks for being patient with us to our customers and offering a rebate of three uh, free mags on the Canic Mete Series pistols. Very cool. Right on. So go show them some love. Follow them on their Instagram. Uh, and again, all of us on uh, Occam Defense, Century Arms, the Nick Dooley's page. Y- y'all got an AR-15 Instagram? Yep, we do. It's AR-15 Podcast 2.0. 2.0. And then Ken Allen Training uh, on his Instagram, our Instagram. Go and like and reshare, uh, push and promote our stuff because we are getting so heavily shadow banned. Uh, we're yep. not getting out to everybody. And tell your friends, tell your buddies, you know, what's going on, that they need to go in and, and resubscribe to our, our post or whatever that is. I don't know what it is, but there's a button on your settings that you got to go and say, all right, I want to see, I actually want to see posts from this person. Uh, because yeah. they've gone through and apparently across the board, they've just shut everybody's down involuntarily, started uh, unfollowing people in your account. So you may find that you need to resubscribe to our um, to our channels. So and honestly, people, and this is I a mean, real thing. That are that, like They need to do that with all their, their 2A and all their gun people that they follow because it's going to be a continuing effort from the people that run the social media to discredit and to slow lower the followers to keep our our stuff from coming up in people's feeds so yeah not just talking lead obviously definitely talking lead but make sure the other the other 2a people that you guys are following um you're doing that with as well yeah, yeah. the te- the techocracy does not like the 2a right no and i think it's actually seeping into the podcasting as well unfortunately I'm sure uh, it is i can't yeah. prove it yet but uh, i'm seeing some trends so um, Mission First Tactical, you go to their website, uh, use the code LEADHEAD, you're going to get 20% off. Uh, and the dump trays, the wallets, their, their holsters, they make great holsters there too. You can get custom stuff printed on their AR magazines. Uh, they've got AR-10 magazines. Um, and all that stuff you can custom print on. But even if you don't, just the black, regular colors, whatever they got, they're awesome. Great products there. And then their AR accessories with their hand guards, their uh, grips. They make some really good AK grips there too. I don't know if they're uh, still making those they're or not. not. U.S. Palm ones, but they're okay. They're they're good. It depends on <laughs> they're like a pair of shoes, you know. It depends. 
because I got that's U.S. Right. Palm. You heard, you heard me, Edelman. You heard me loud and clear. <laughs> Maybe that's why he got out because yours are better. I don't know, but uh, I think they still make those there. But check them out, Mission First Tactical. Uh, of course, Seal One, Seal One dot com. Use the code Leadhead for all your uh, gun cleaning and protection needs, not just for cleaning, but for protecting your firearms too. Use the uh, Seal One, the CLP, uh, Seal One, and done. Put it on, you wipe it off, and you're done. It's uh, that good. And you can use it on your boats, your marine items, and you can use it on uh, your bicycle chains, too. We were talking with uh, Dwight the other day. Uh, you pretty much put it on anything. It's going to protect it, wood, leather, uh, across the board. Uh, and then, of course, Factory 47, we give James a plug. Andrew held up his shirt there, the, the Calumet. Uh, I don't have it on today. I'm usually wearing the AK Corner T-shirt. Uh, but you can go there, Factory 47. They have all the factory logos from all the AK companies, hats, T-shirts, uh, flags, banners, you name it. They've got it there, uh, Factory 47. Code LEADHEAD, you get 10% off there. And then Brian was holding up some of his ammo earlier, Defiant Munitions. Pete Pie, Defiant Munitions. Uh, they make a really great... Uh, round of all kinds of different this they make the 223 the uh, 7.62-39 they've got 308 they've got nine millimeter they've got all kinds of different calibers there uh you can say they're nine millimeter twice because it's that good it, it is yeah, it's it's good box stuff. that shit it is fire dude it runs real well mm -hmm. yeah especially those canics they runs canics love it um, actually I, I yeah that's what i shot it out of Use sure. the code LEADHEAD, all caps, at Defiant Munitions. He's got to be different, uh, and you get 10% off there. Uh, and then, of course, thank our buddies over at IWI. They're in that category also where they're getting shadow banned too, so go and like and support them. Let them know how much you appreciate them. They're going to be one of your sponsors along with Brian Keeney, uh, Ken, for your uh, Clashtober. Yes, sir. Yeah, they just, uh, you know, IWI has been with us for a long time. Jeremy Gresham's been a been a big time supporter, and uh, IWI backing him up, and uh, Brian as well. So um, one of the big benefits this year, you know, Brian's got some product coming out, so there'll be some some pretty happy winners getting some of Brian's products. Most definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. We greatly appreciate the partnership with Occam and Brian specifically, and um, you know, Jeremy over at IWI has just put up a five point five six pistol. An ace pistol so some winner is going to walk away with that nice um, we we have thousands of dollars worth of really nice prizes in all kinds of categories you do not need to be the best shooter um we have the best beard the person that traveled the furthest by air <laughs> the person that traveled the furthest by car um the person that showed the most heart Ken's of Ken's event is definitely much different from the other ones, and it's much more participant based. It's more like showing up to an event where you're a student, and that's a big deal. And you know, I'm a big fan of Red October and Kalash Bash, but those are different events. And what Ken does is special, and he covers a lot of ground that other people don't. And so it's worth making the trip up there. Or if you're already in New England or the Northeast, it's easy. Um, but even if you're not, it's a unique experience and it's a much more cultural one with the gun culture. And just that there, there's a real shortage of good vibes right now. And there's a lot of good vibes up at Clashtober. 
Thank you, very well appreciate put. it. And they can go to your website. Give it again, Ken. Yep. So KenAllenTraining.us. There you and, go. And uh, you can get more information there or register. And you're always welcome to send me a DM on IG or send me an email based off of the uh, KenAllen.us website, and I'll be happy to answer yes. and, and get you all involved. And for Thank any you. of our uh, companies uh, that are listening, if you want a sponsor, there's sponsorships available, and uh, you can get information there also. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, very good. Nick, what's going on with the AR-15 podcast? You know, we're still uh, we're still plugging away. Um, been uh, still able to do a show a week, even while I've been uh, gone. There's only been, I think, one time when our, heck, our schedules got a little too much where I couldn't get to uh, where we were recording. But we're still putting out content, still doing at least one show a week. And we've got a lot of good guests coming on that are talking about stuff. Uh, one of the co-hosts right now is actually at a training course with Pete Pye. Ah. And it's a Haley, uh, Haley Dynamics or Haley Strategic course. So Very cool. I know he's uh, eating that up. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brian, Occam Defense Solutions. What's yeah, the- as we are recording this, Austin is over on the manufacturing side bringing up our PH2 sites. And uh, those have been that we got caught flat-footed with the manufacturer dropping out on us. And um, so we've been, we raised some money and we've got a run of 500 going through the shop right now. And uh, the parts that are made on a screw machine, um, which is it's a little hard to explain, but a, a very expensive, complicated machine that makes small parts inexpensive when you buy a lot of them. We've got a, a big run of those going through for all the little, you know, front sight post, all the little springs, the detents, all that stuff is being made right now. I think we're down to one or two parts um, at the CM for that. And then the bodies were machining in-house and uh, literally tonight they're getting brought up for the manufacturing run. And uh, so very exciting and, uh, yeah, lots more fun on the way. Very cool. And I was talking earlier uh, about Primary Arms have sent me some some new optics. I've got their uh, 1 to 6 here with their ACSS um, 762 with 3.9 reticle nice. that I'm going to be trying out. I've actually got it mounted on my ODS. Yeah, that thing is like lamb and tuna fish with the 1775. It's It's unreal good. Yeah, so I'm and looking. Nick needs to come out and and ring steel at 500 yards with one of our guns sometime uh, over yeah, over again. The the satisfying thunk from 500 yards out that a big ass rock has when it's hitting a, a steel plate is really gratifying, and it'll make you feel. It's called like an AR-10, isn't it, man. Nick? It's called an AR-10, it, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, I hear it when steel at 500, Nick. You can actually hear it when it hits the steel. So I've also got one of their 2X prisms that they sent me. Um, Ooh, nice. Got the 2X prism. It also has the same the same reticle. It's calibered for the 7.62, but 3.9. Uh, so I'm going to be trying that. I know, Brian, I think you've already tried both these out, haven't you? I've only tried the 1X. That 2X looks really interesting. I'm going to have to call up our homeboy, uh, Ken, over there and see if I can get one out of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have the older version of that 2x the 2.5 and that is one of my favorite optics nice yeah i look yeah, at people that. occasionally bag on like i'll get nasty comments occasionally on instagram like why are you putting a cheap optic on a three thousand dollar gun and it's not a cheap I, optic 
I know it's not a cheap optic and, um, I haven't broken one yet and I run them 52 weeks a year in the rain, in the sun, in the snow, in the heat, haven't broken one. Also, I'm not a rich man and buying a, you know, if you have iron, thou shalt have iron sights on your rifle after that, buy what you can afford. And like, if it's a hundred dollar red dot, great. If it's a $10,000 piece of glass, great. I don't care. Just have irons on so that when they get fogged, which all optics can, you've got something. Yeah. I really like those reticles too. Uh, I'm excited to, to try those out. Um, it's they're really, really good for old man eyes. I really like that Chevron a lot. I looked at that glass at the NRA with Ken and, um, that stuff was as comparable as some really high-end glass. I was shocked. Yeah, it was very, very, it's very clear. clear. Glass. I've taken it out in the backyard and I've done some, uh, you know, some scanning with it, but uh, I haven't had a chance to take it out and shoot it yet. But uh, maybe Andrew, we can uh, get the canic and we can go out. And we can try all of them. Hit the. Uh, yeah, man, I got to, I got to do some practicing too. I got a class coming up, and I don't want to look like a fool. My reloads are getting sloppy. I haven't shot competition in a while. Well. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fixing to go to, well, I'll, I'll talk about I think that. you should go to Clashtober. Uh, that would be a good place to. Uh, Come on up, everybody. To get your skills going there, definitely. Come on up. Uh, but Leadheads, again, thanks for all the support, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. And don't forget about the contest with Century Arms Talking Lead. We're giving away the BFT-47. You've got until August. And if I, if I still don't get enough participation, I'm trying to leave this just for our listeners, okay? But if we don't get enough, then I'm going to open it up to the whole world. We'll do like a gleam or something like that, and um, you know, we'll, we'll open it up to everybody. But I think by giving you guys this notice, letting you know what's going on, and the additional time, we're going to get uh, get more rolling in. So looking forward yeah, to seeing Yeah, this ain't a, a waste of your time. That I get to see how many competitors we have in each contest and it's always small and the audience is huge so this is you know normally i don't apply I don't for contests like this but in in this case it's like your odds are phenomenal yeah. So yeah get after it i would definitely put in for it as someone who's won stuff before well you are <laughs> eligible so put in for it tell garth to put in for it tell your listeners to put in for it uh ken you're eligible brian you're eligible do do a post get your Get Cody to do one, you know. Uh, you're... I'll do a post, Marty, but I want somebody else to win it. <laughs> That's up like to you. Said, Once you win it, you can give it to whoever you want to, brother. Hey, we got more fodder for Clashtober giveaways. Is what there I'm you go. Have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, we'll, we'll do that. There you go. Somebody deserves it. Somebody else needs an AK. I've got I've got a few that somebody needs an AK. Well, that's generous of you. Uh, if yes, I could sir. enter it and I want it, I would not. I would keep it, so. <laughs> so until then leadheads i look forward to seeing your post i uh, look forward to hearing from you talking at gmail.com if you got suggestions for the show comments uh, and then look for our post so you can uh, be eligible to win our giveaways that we have each and every episode of the talking lead ak corner and until then andrew what's your word of advice to the leadheads buy more ammo that's a good way to end the show. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Buy more ammo. <laughs>